Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. It is the 19th of July, 2016. How exciting is that? So exciting. Very Thrilling, exciting. Really. My mind, blown. Reasonably. I, I wouldn't go that far, but reasonably very, exciting. very expanded. Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I see. So, as you may have noticed, my face has been replaced with a dog. That dog is far more handsome than I am. Untrue. I strongly I disagree. Say that. That, is a, that is an awesome-looking dog. Uh, unfortunately, I do not look so awesome right now because of a side effect from a new drug they've put me on, which has given me one of the nastiest-looking acne rashes you've ever seen. So, I am going to stay off camera for a while, if you don't mind. Because it looks hideous. Well, we'll miss you, but the puppy is very cute. So. It is. It's, it's an awesome dog. That's just. The I'm not even looking at it. I don't want to see it. I like <laughs> it as as not a dog. It's an awesome dog. Why would you not want to see it? A dog is an awesome dog. <laughs> very true. Wow. From heaven above. <clears throat> Shoot. What? Our dogs from heaven. We have a heaven dog. That's like a movie. Poochie, the heaven dog. Oh. All dogs yes, go to heaven is the movie, if I recall correctly, is it not? True, Poochie. it is. Baby. Ah, ah it's a dog. Hi, Papacita. As you say, Papacita. I say that a lot and always embarrass people I'm with. So. <laughs> that is, that's the thing I heard. Uh, yeah, you do the. I'm not going to disagree with anything that you said. This week's episode is sponsored <laughs> by Audible.com/cynical. Head on over there for your free 30-day trial of audiobooks galore. They've got quite literally quarter of a million of the bloody things at the moment. We'll be talking a little bit later on in the show with our recommendations for audiobooks this week, of which we have quite a few. And you will question our taste by the end of that segment. That I can guarantee. Our special guest today is one of our more, and this is not an insult, unusual guests. <laughs> simply it's like that's fair it's like yeah he's a little bit weird but no it comes down to the fact that we usually get youtubers we usually get twitch streamers onto the show but what we don't usually get are actual games writers it's fairly rare for us to have a, an actual games journalist on the show we don't have too many of them so that could either be construed as an insult or as the highest compliment to mr I took mike well, you, you take most things as an insult. You're very sensitive. Mr. Mike Futter from Game Informer, welcome to the show. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. I know you've been listening to the podcast for quite some time. You're certainly not mm -hmm. a newbie to this, no doubt. And you're currently in the mountains. I, I am tell. in. I am in the mountains. I'm up in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. On uh, oh. it has become an interesting what? vacation, and. Uh, I go home tomorrow. <laughs> and it sounds like you're fairly glad to. Something went horribly wrong up there by the sounds of it. We had a septic problem. Oh. No. Oh, I was so jealous of being in a cabin, and now I'm not jealous. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. Um, I have had lovely times here. Uh, but, uh, stinky. Yes, you you will be glad to get home by the sounds of it. So when you are not in the mountains, uh, is what is it that you do on a regular day-to-day -day basis? What does your working day look for you? Uh, sure. Uh, as the news editor at Game Informer, um, I'm responsible for, if not writing, a majority of our news stories, at least guiding uh, how we approach the news, making sure that um, we're upholding general ethics stuff, like checking sources, having multiple sources. Ah, um, who cares about all that? Um, 
yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, the stuff I really like to do, uh, you know, I love digging into stories. I do a lot of business writing, my background, I have an MBA, um, and this is actually my second career. I previously was in nonprofit arts management. So this was a, interesting. Yeah, it was a big career shift for me. Uh, but the MBA kind of carried over. So I do, a lot, I do a lot of our business writing. I do a lot of our legal coverage. Just um, I know who to, I mean, I'm of course not the only person on staff who knows who to go to, but I have already a lot of contact. Uh, out of context, you can provide color on, on stories like that. Um, and, you know, those are the, those are the stories I like covering, uh, you know, giving people an inside look at not just, um, you know, kind of what games are coming, because that's obviously a big scope of coverage, uh, and and how those games, you know, kind of all the news around those games, but also how, how the sausage gets made a little bit, have, giving people a better understanding of what the industry's like. Indeed. Right. And you certainly seem to like to jump on it whenever G2A does something awful as well, I've noticed. <sighs> Yeah, it's been, that's been a weird one to cover. Um, you know, it's been, you know, we've kind of had our eye on, on stuff like that for a while. Them and I think Kinguin is another one. Yes. Uh, a lot of these code resellers, we actually uh, really started digging into this stuff, you know, probably later than, than we should have. Um, but it kind of came to a head uh, when, you know, about a year and a half ago, I want to say, when there was a you know that another big push where where small developers are saying we're losing money hand over fist because our code our codes are being stolen we're getting hit with chargebacks they're showing up on these sites and then there was uh kind of the more recent story with tiny build where they were saying the same thing uh they had you know bulk code bulk sets of codes being purchased uh with um front with stolen credit cards they were getting hit with chargebacks those codes which they couldn't they opted not to, you know, disable the whole batch because there were some legitimate codes in there. They didn't want to hurt their paying customers or somebody who would want to contest. Um, so they were kind of between this rock and this hard place between serving customers and, and being careful uh, of their own financial needs. Uh, and then I actually got on the phone with them and, and interviewed them. And, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to watch that stuff and, and watching how they're starting to adjust a little bit. Like they're, kind of instituting some policies, but now publishers and developers need to work with them and use their services in order to take advantage of those protect. It's very strange, but it's an interesting story. Yeah, so there was a recent update to that story, I believe, uh, RimWorld, which is a game mm -hmm. that you, quite a few people have seen on Twitch because it's, uh, it's one of those many we're trying to make Dwarf Fortress, but without it being as impossible and inaccessible as Dwarf Fortress kind of games. But it seems to be one of the most successful ones, and it's been streamed quite a few times on Twitch. And unfortunately, it seems that they had to uh, stop doing the Steam Key deal that they were doing because people were defrauding them on mass, and then those keys were ending up on key reselling sites as well. So that was that was not good. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a terrible situation for developers and publishers because you know that they're they're just trying to make a living. They're trying to sell keys. And all of a sudden, they're getting hit by, hit with these chargebacks, and they don't know where those keys are going. So they're out the money, they're out the keys, and they're getting undercut. Yep, that they are. Not ideal. You know, I, I always find it interesting and uh, kind of awful to see a Twitch streamer streaming something like RimWorld and then saying, you can buy it on my G2A store. It's like, great, you could probably buy a stolen copy of the game <laughs> that I just endorsed on my store, and I'll get paid for it. That sounds uh... great, doesn't it? Oh, dear. It's uh, pretty, pretty shitty overall. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, to the Co-Optional Podcast. Sometimes we get depressed about the state of the games industry. Other times we talk about video games. Coming up in the show, we'll be talking a little bit about the games we've been playing this week. Usually takes up the first two or so hours, and then that, <coughs> after that we cover whatever news there is and then wrap up with a list of releases. Most of them are from Steam and most of them suck. That I can guarantee. <laughs> I think I feel like we need to set expectations for that segment now. Very low. Yeah. yeah, we should. Very, very low. Because so many of these games come out and they just end up being... They're on the release list and we're like, what is this? And then we look at it, it's like, oh, this looks like it was made in the Unity asset store over the course of about five minutes. It's just an absolute piece of crap. But every now and again, now, they got some find, good. Do you find that it's as bad or worse in the summer just because there's nothing? Uh, I think so, actually. I, I I definitely think that there's quite a lot of that because the, I think the summer drought is exploited, certainly by companies who are looking to make a quick buck off that stuff. And it seems like lately, these companies aren't even trying to fool you into believing it's a worthwhile game. What they're doing is they're just putting together some piece of crap with the Unity assets and then they're selling it, but they're selling it with uh, trading cards and they're selling it for almost no money. So people are literally just buying their crappy game for the trading cards and it doesn't even matter how bad the game is, which to me seems like... I what? would think that Valve would maybe want to, I don't know, give some sort of requirement for these games when it comes to trading cards. Like, you can't make a tiny crappy game for 30 cents that's completely useless and then sell it purely on the back of having trading cards. That doesn't seem like a good thing. I question that. I, I question people who play games just for the trading cards. The trading cards, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it weird. happens a lot. I though. routinely forget that they even exist. And then yes. somebody will make a big deal out of the trading cards. And I'm like, what? It's so weird. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us forget that they exist because we just don't interact with them. To me, there's pointless crap that clogs up my inventory that I don't even want. But there are the thing is that people can sell them on the Steam marketplace and they do get bought, even if they are from awful crappy games. And sometimes you can actually make a small amount of profit and a lot of people spend quite an m- amount of time gaming their trading market market trading card marketplace in order to make money to buy games with, which to me is very curious. Like I, I don't hate the system. It just seems to me I that it's yes. That's indeed. not a, that's not a right way to put it. That's not the right phrase games. at all. No, <laughs> not in the slightest. But I get your mm. point regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very odd. <laughs> A lot of what Steam and Valve does is just so weird when you take a step back and look at it. And now it's just like, well, this is totally normalized for us because we just lived with it for years. <laughs> very, very odd. All right, let's talk a little bit about the games we've been playing this week because we certainly weren't playing them for trading cards. I can tell you that for a fact. Dodger, what have you been playing this week? What's been going on? Um, I finished Inside. Ah, I want to talk about this as well, because I've started playing Inside, as you okay. noticed yesterday on Skype, when I'm like, what the fuck is with this pick? I yeah, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. Um, so, the the thing that a lot of people are saying is that they found the game unsatisfying, and I did not feel that way at all. No spoilers, obviously. But like, yeah, because I... that is a very story-driven game. You might you want to be very careful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. The only, the only thing that I will say is that um after the game was over i spent maybe a day and a half deep in like conspiracy theories right in in my own conspiracy theories being like wait what um i i think that it's a beautiful game 
I, I am oh, yeah. still surprised that it's short though. Yeah, it's about. See, three. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> I don't trust you. The you master the of spoilers. On this fucking podcast, he's like, no spoils, but so there's this part, like, it's pretty close to the beginning, but like, no spoils, but like, there's that part where, like, where that guy kills that other guy. I can't oh. hear you. I don't, I don't trust you enough. You could have spoiled another game for me. Oh, God. You are the biggest hypocrite <laughs> on this show, and you know it. You want to more annoying as you on. know it. I don't want you to spoil how the show goes for me. <laughs> God fucking damn it. I don't want you to spoil it. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I, I feel like it's it's yeah I loved it I I thought that it was a great game and I've been thinking about it a lot ever since I finished it but it is short it is a very short game three to four hours yeah I mm -hmm. believe uh de yeah. it, it also depends on your competence when it comes to the puzzles that is also very true <laughs> yes yeah because the game does have puzzles it's also got less of what I call puzzles and more figure out how not to get eaten by dogs in the optimal way, which is is maybe a puzzle, but there are a lot of points in that game that will kill you. You know, If you don't know the, the developers oh, yeah. behind it, Play Dead, they previously made Limbo, which was mostly a child murder simulator in monochrome. And this is also a child murder simulator, but it has color now. Mm -hmm. uh, you play a kid as to why, don't know yet. I've played it for about an hour. I'm... If there is a story, I certainly haven't discovered what it is yet. It's set in this very odd dystopian world. Everything is trying to kill you for whatever reason. And outside of trying to not die to these things, you're completing puzzles to advance. I love the atmosphere of it. Mm -hmm. Me too. It is grim, dystopian, creepy, disturbing in many ways. And... It's developed in this uh, sort of two and a half D style that we've seen quite a few yeah. more modern platformers use, but I've never seen one that's managed a sense of depth in the way that Inside has in terms of its graphic style. Like everything it's looks weird, like right. There are lots of times where I'm like, "Can I reach that? I'm not mm -hmm. sure if I can because there's there is so much depth to how it's how it's things are placed. Yeah, and the perspective. But the whole game, in order to keep it very simple. Like, you can only go this way. You can't go this way at all. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fascinating to play, I think. Mm, it's It just kind of is a game that sort of came out of nowhere, and it's, it's definitely got this very disturbing beauty to it. The puzzles are, at least in my experience so far, they're not... They're not too bad, like, I'm able to handle them. I did have to look up once or twice where I was just totally stumped by parts of it, but... Really, they're relatively simple. A lot of them are quite common sense. Uh, there was one part right. of it where, you know, I'll try to avoid spoiling it. I was dying repeatedly at this bit. And I'm like, God damn it, how do I do this? Because you got to open this door before something kills you, basically. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Actually, I was the one who activated these things which are trying to kill me in the first place. What if I just didn't <laughs> and then walked over there, opened the door first, and then activated them? I'm like, right. oh, yeah, I'm an idiot. I think that game like does a great job of making you feel stupid when you finally <laughs> figure out the puzzle because it was actually so logical to begin with. But I think um, I think a lot of of puzzle games where it's moving things around in a room or like just trying to complete something by using things that are around you. By the time you finish it, you're like, oh fuck, that was so simple. <laughs> so simple, like completely overthought it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that game in particular 
does a great job, I think, of subverting video game logic in a few ways. Like, as I think a, a lot of video games would have you, you know, say in that particular sequence would be like, I, th I thought to myself after doing that puzzle, I'm like, why did I, upon encountering the lever, immediately pull it? And I was like, because video games to. have trained me to immediately pull <laughs> yeah. the lever. Because Avalon. Exactly. <laughs> Over the last 20 plus years of playing video games, they've said if there's a lever there, you must push it. If there's a button there, you must push it. If there's a platform, you must jump on it. And Inside likes to fuck with you a little bit in that respect, which I found satisfying, but also made me feel like a moron. Mm. But yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been very engrossing so far. I'm every time somebody has said to me that they're playing it, I'm like, back to me when you finish it. <laughs> Everyone said that to me as well. I haven't seen the ending yet, but a lot of people said, "Oh, it's the best ending in video games." Oh my god. I'm like, okay. Don't, yeah. Don't don't spoil yourself. I think that's an exaggeration, but don't don't spoil yourself on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm I'm now very curious. The world has got me super curious because I have no idea what the fuck is going on at this point. Right. All I know is the world is weird and shitty, apparently. As to why that is, couldn't tell you. But it's it's been a pretty cool game up to this point. I've had a few annoyances with it. You know what's interesting is that um, most games have you sort of interact quite directly with objects and in a, in a 2D world that usually means well the object's in the way so you go jump over it or whatever but objects that you can interact with in this it's sort of the game intuitively lets you pass the object when you're not interacting with it mm -hmm. but when you're interacting with it it uh, lets you like jump on it or whatever like it the game has basically no UI of any sort it's super clean so if you need to run past um like an object you can totally just keep running just keep holding right rather than having to jump over it but if you need to grab a hold of it then suddenly it'll then say right okay now you can interact with it right which to me was a bit weird to start with because it was unclear as to what things i could interact with and what things i couldn't mm -hmm. because the game allows you to just run past them or not interact with them uh but it's for the most part it's quite elegant it handles really well the animations in that game are fucking killer beautiful They're so yeah. good yeah. Like simple things like climbing over something. Every now and then I'd be like, man, the way that climbing was animated looks so good. Like, And then I'd feel dumb, but like it just, it looks really nice. Yeah, yeah, I do. It gives me pause every once in a while when you see like scrambling over something or tripping and sort of staggering as he's running. And there's a lot of detail in that game. I almost want to sit around and enjoy it, except the game's trying to kill you. So you generally don't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's inside. Uh, Mike, have you had a chance to uh, dabble in that one as of yet? No, that is uh, most certainly on my list, though. Um, everybody in the office who's played it has quite enjoyed it. And, you know, Limbo was a, was a strange game for me because I didn't like it when I played it the first time. Um, and in retrospect, like, that game comes up a lot, and I think about it a lot, and I feel like more generous towards it in retrospect in hindsight and yeah. i yeah than i did when i was actually playing it and i think right. there were some instances of that trial and error thing in in limbo that i didn't love and i think i found the ending less than satisfying you know that same complaint that you've heard about about inside yeah. although i've mellowed on that i feel like five years of experience playing games and thinking about games 
has changed my perspective on it. If you didn't like the trial and error stuff, there's more of that in Inside. Like, I, I will say that. Like, mm -hmm. in theory, you could know what's going to happen just by looking at the scene, but more often than not, you're going to die maybe once or twice until you figure out how to stop that from happening, mm -hmm. um, which to some people is definitely going to be very frustrating. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few, like, blind falls and things like that. Uh, there's also parts of the game which force you to move very, very quickly and do things on a split second level and if you don't do that then you fuck up there was one part in particular which i find i uh, found quite irritating in the first hour where there's um these machines that are cast like moving a spotlight to and from and there's a part of the level that you can stand under which is like a pipe or whatever above you which uh means that the light can't hit you so that's where you stand in order to avoid it but the next light um the shadow moves with perspective um based on the position of the light so I was standing in what I thought was a safe area, and then suddenly it became not a safe area, and I died instantly. I'm like, fuck me, really? Yeah. Um, not to mention, this this goddamn kid can't hold his breath for 10 seconds. He is fucking terrible when he swims. Uh, I died several times just from that, and there's no indicator as to how long you can stay underwater, because they the game hates the idea of a UI and doesn't have one. So it's like, oh, I just drowned and died. Well, fuck, you know? Uh, so that happens a couple of times. But yeah, if you're not a fan of dying quite a lot, sort of unnecessary deaths and trial and error deaths, then Inside is probably going to piss you off maybe as much as Limbo did. I don't think they've improved that part. Yeah, I mean, if there's a payoff, though, like I can, I can live with that if there's a payoff. Generally speaking, I'd say that completing those sequences is satisfying. Okay. So... I think that, yeah. not to mention, I actually quite enjoyed the deaths in Limbo because there were so many different kinds of them. Oh, so, oh yes. It was always you know, interesting to find out. There was the head out. getting eaten off and the impaling. That's, oh, a lot of impaling by giant spiders and things like mm -hmm. that. There's definitely some of that in uh, in Inside as well. So well, it's thank like, God for that, really. Yeah, it is amusing. It's like, how does the kid die this time in this horrible, dystopian, creepy world? Also, why are there dead pigs everywhere? I don't know. But, mm. but I want to know. I want to know why there's dead pigs everywhere. This this uh, game has me intrigued. So I'm hoping they're going to try and finish that this week. That'll yeah. be great. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's inside. Yeah, I also I played a game that, I mean, could potentially just take place in the exact same world uh, called Replica. Okay. Have you guys played that game yet? I saw you streaming it yesterday. It gave me. Yeah. Uh, is it sort of an AR, one of those other AR mystery games? Because I saw you like messing around with what looked like a virtual representation of a phone and stuff like that. So it's the whole thing takes place on a phone. Oh, okay. And you are a kid who has been locked up by Homeland Security and you've been given another kid's phone and they've said, we'll let you go. We won't mess with your family. We won't mess with you as long as you do everything you can to find any evidence of terrorist activity on this phone. So you're on this phone that belongs to another high schooler and you're looking through it and, uh, and you can like find times that he's talked with his friends in a way that's suspicious or like clothing that he's worn. And as you play it, you realize that they're in like a fascist dictatorship, like a, just like this, world where they're not allowed to do anything they can't question the government they can't do anything i was gonna say like hiring high school students to look through people's phones for evidence they're of not terrorist hired. activity no they're in cells <laughs> yeah that, that is a quite i mean the american government's getting to that point but i don't think it's quite there yet 
Uh, so as this kid, yeah, you're like, you're seeing the phone buzz from like his mom who's looking for him, his dad. And again, this is like, this isn't your phone. This phone belongs to another kid. Right. And, uh, and the, there's one person who keeps calling you who says only respond to me. And it's a person who works for Homeland Security. And they're like, you can only respond to me. If I call you, you can answer. Don't answer if anybody else calls. So there's 12 endings to this game. There are endings where like you answer if the mom calls and there's endings where you do everything you can to prove that this kid is a terrorist, right? Um, and there were a couple of moments while playing this game where I was like, no, <laughs> I like, got so upset and like, there's a lot of interesting layers to it. I found out that two of the endings rely on you just leaving the game open for hours. So I'm like, <laughs> I love it when games do that. Like oh I don't actively go in pursuit of such endings, but whenever a game has some weird ass ending, especially like a false ending, I, I love yeah. the way Far Cry 4 did it. And um, mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Shadow Complex's ending where it's like, fuck this, I'm going home. <laughs> I love yeah. it when they do that. There was a part where you're like, <laughs> Um, just to keep it vague, you're given instructions to like do something in two hours. Okay. And I was like, well, okay, so how, how long is two hours in game time? And everybody in my chat was like, no, no, no. You have to just leave the game alone for two hours. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't done it yet because I was like, well, I, well, I I'm not going to do that to on stream. That. Yeah, but like at the same time, I'm going, man, what happens? I have to know, right? So I'm thinking about, because um, tomorrow I'm doing a 12-hour stream. Um, I'm thinking about... Uh, Jesse's like, that sounds like an awful lot of work. <laughs> it is. I, it is. Good luck. I got a lot of subs, so I wanted to thank them and do a, a big extra stream. But, um, <laughs> Thanks for the money, suckers. I got time for that. 12 hours? I want to like open up the game two hours ahead of time, and that way I can start off the stream by being like, Look, I left this thing open. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> 12 hours. Nope. Yeah. Noon to midnight, everybody. Twitch.tv slash dexterity bonus. Come hang out. We'll do some giveaways <laughs> stuff. Oh, I see. This was just a sneaky promo. All yeah, right. This is just a promo. Well, now it is. Now that Jesse has like called it all into question, I'm doing it. 12 to midnight. Man, I wonder if he did that on purpose. Down. I think you two are in it together. You're just trying to get a bunch of promo time out of this show. How dare you? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I haven't gotten nearly enough promo time out of the Quetzal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that game is interesting, and I've gotten, I think, half of the endings out of it. I'm, I'm pretty uh, sold. You've sold me on this. That cool. sounds interesting. I'd probably play a game like this. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just messing around with a phone and like. I'm gonna make my kids sit down and play it, and tell them that if they screw up, they have to live outside. <gasps> no. Well. Good parenting. Yeah, but hold on. Do I need my eight-year-old or my twelve-year-old? Mm. Uh, the eight-year-old. Get them while they're young. That's yeah. right. They're Absolutely. Two. I mean, they, <laughs> you have to encourage, you know, them to understand authority <clears throat> and realize that. Should they be put in this position, they should absolutely flip on their friends and help the government to, you know, arrest them. That's that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Totally. Yeah. And then they came for me. <laughs> Indeed, they probably did. First, they came for the eight-year-olds. <laughs> Which seemed horribly inefficient, looking back in hindsight. <laughs> it's like, we should have probably gone for the ones that could have done something. Damn it, we'll do it right this time. Mm. How? I want to know, how the hell do you even find games like this? Because every now and again, you'll come up with, I like... Know. 
Oh, uh, I go on Steam and I look at all new releases instead of popular new releases. But, and yet you still manage to find games that aren't complete hot garbage because a yeah, lot I, of the only releases are bad. I can tell you how. By the end of this show where we go through our video game releases, every once in a while we stumble upon something that I'm like, holy shit, that looks awful. <laughs> Well, well, you might say most I never remember right. which ones we we think were cool though. I, never, I never remember. If only there was a video archive you could go back to. Yeah. Right? Damn, yeah. but the technology just isn't there yet. I'm sorry. It's true. It's true. I go. Yeah. I while we're going through the process, I'm like, I have a little note. I'm like, oh shit, put this on the notes. Like, ooh, add this to my Steam thing. Trust me, I am. That's how I found the temporal invasion. Oh <laughs> yes, that thing. Uh, how I found Super Duper Party Pooper. <sighs> I, I mean, hate that game for consistently trying to promote itself and its nonsense through us. That annoys <laughs> me. And even by mentioning it, it's like, because at one point they, they sent us a damn PR email. I was like, oh, the Steam Workshop, we've done a bunch of cat parody characters of popular YouTubers. And I was in there, I'm like, fuck you. I had nothing to do with this. You like Don't you poop. dare. Ugh. Dear Lord. And Who told you? Who told you that? Um, and I like to poo. I mean, most, I'd say that I'd say <laughs> it's like know? it's a fairly strong like balance of probabilities thing. If you saw <laughs> to any random person, like, do you like to go, you know, do that? And I'd say probably it's part of it. But yeah, fuck super duper party pooper and there's poop in my super. The goddamn developer and the stupid PR emails. Um, yeah. poop in my soup. There's yeah. poop in my soup. It rhymes. It's got good alliteration. I'm fine with it. I'm just waiting for the poop Pokemon so there can literally be poop in your soup. Pokemon? Pokemon. That'll happen. That you can guarantee it. What else when are you being... the... Oh, sorry. Oh. I was no. going to ask, when does no. the first Pokemon Go event happen? Do we know yet? Mm-mm. No? No. When when they, when they they fix fix I can't wait for the team rage <laughs> to escalate. <laughs> What 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 event like what would happen during this event? Like, what's uh, the so Pokemon of it, you know? Pokemon Go wants to have like events that okay. hit teams against each other. Right. Um, I don't know what that entails at all. An actual legitimate real life riot. I hope that it's it. yeah that it's hoodlum style and everybody just shows up with switchblades. But what's it's gonna, more it's gonna be to like have. that dude in Evo who jumped up on the stage after Chris G won and was like, pulled up his controller and was like, let's play. And they're like, who are you? Like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> what, that actually happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris G won Marvel. And uh -huh. at, the end of it, at the end of it, some dude, like, shirtless, shirtless. And looking at, like he's ready to go, gets up on stage like, he's like, good job, good job. And then pulls out a controller and is just like challenging him on stage. People are like, who are you? And then they just security escorted him away. And it was like, so as weird. he would. Yeah. They're like, who was that guy? That would be Pokemon Go, like real clash in the streets. It would just be a bunch of that dude. Do you, do you think that that's how he saw it going down in his head? What, getting taken away by security? Yeah. Like, when I mean, I I had like, to, right? I'm going to jump up. I'm gonna pull my controller out. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the wizard. We're gonna throw down, and I'm gonna win, and people are gonna love me. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Love, I love him just for getting up there. I thought it was <laughs> I was like, wait, what is going on? Some I, of the strangest shit has turns into happen to Evo for whatever reason. Yeah, I just you know I you know Pokemon Go. It's it's fun. I I enjoy it. I just would love them to fix the servers. Well, yeah, I'm sure everyone would, right? Yeah. 
I don't and, really and, have problems anymore. And I don't have problems I mean, with gyms anymore either. It makes me happy. I still have my try to take a gym and then for some reason their guy doesn't die and he just keeps hitting me Probably Really? I haven't had that problem at all in like a week and a half. <clears throat> That's because you just wait for Sam to take a gym, then you join it. That's Dude! not true. Boop, 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 boop. Totally true. <laughs> Totally true. Not true. Totally true. For those who aren't aware, Jesse is on a, on a different team and they have a gym in their office and there's beef. Know what's up. Thank you, Mystic. There Thank is you, serious Mystic. beef going on in this game. It has caused a rift in that office. You know what? You know what? Team Valor for life. That's all I'm going to say. Team Valor. Yeah. You, you live Red in the mountains. Dead. No one cares what you think. No, 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 no. I'm currently in the mountains. But the question is, is there a Pokemon gym in the mountains? Still stands. Still stands. In the city-ish where I live. But there's no Pokemon gym in the mountains. You're not there now. Uh, No, there are a couple of Pokestops. It's been been a dry week. Mm. I tried to get my dad to download it. Because I kept trying to explain it to him. And he, he was like, so you go outside... I was like, yep. And he goes, and then you pull out your laptop. And I was like, no. (laughs) Go outside and then you pull out your phone. And you. this is a direct quote. You pull out your phone and then you walk up to people on the street and say that they're Pokemon. And I was like, what? (laughs) I would play that game. I I would would love that game. I would walk up to a stranger and go, you are Charmander now. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, wait, so you, you... You walk, you see the Pokemon, but they're people. I was like, no, what? Oh my God. <laughs> like, didn't. You should have just said, yes. Yeah. Can you make videos with your dad explaining gaming topics to him? Because God, it would be idea. wonderful. Watch the shit out of that. I would watch the hell out of I, that. Uh, I was telling him that I was going to do the stream tomorrow and told him that I was going to be playing with Sam. And he was like, so how does that work? You like, you, you dial into a channel. Yes. Like, and, the and the modem and the modem he's have trying to... so hard I know he's it's so cute. you have to set up he your IPX your connection so hard you're making fun he's so I know because so it's so hard. cute like the reason it's funny is because it's so cute just like my little my tiny little hobbit dad being like you you you're on a channel together and you and you hit a switch no daddy <laughs> no switches we use the cables and we patch ourselves in. Hello, yeah. hello, operator. Can you connect me to Sam? Hello, <laughs> please. Every once in a time, I tell my grandmother how to use use a computer, and I'm like, "All right, well, you need to take the mouse and you need to to move the the cursor on the screen." And she goes like this. <laughs> I'm like, "No, no." And she said, "You, I had to, I had to push the button." I'm like. Let's try this again. Computer. Hello, Hello computer. Hello, computer. <laughs> you have to use the keyboard. Keyboard. Oh, oh Star great. Trek 4. It is no. a Star Trek 4 reference, as everything should be. <laughs> oh, my God. I Please make him start a YouTube channel. Try, <laughs> trying to understand modern technology. It would. I would watch the fuck out of that. That would be amazing. Oh, I, I am all over that. I, I would watch the ever-loving crap out of that. I hope <laughs> one day when we get old like that, that is what we become. Oh, yeah, that I, was, I that hope was so. my stream. I'd, I People were like, you have to use a QR code. I'm like, I don't know what that is. 
I, and I was like, oh, where on my phone do I scan a QR code? Like, you have to download an app. I'm like, yeah. this is yeah. what, the, what the fuck is that about? Yeah, I had like, an issue with that as well. Like, when I first used a QR code, I'm like, wait, like, you're saying these things are so commonplace and ubiquitous, and yet it's not built into the phone. Yeah, like, it's not <laughs> part of, yeah. It's not so you're like, where's my QR thing? And people in chat are like, it's not even there, dummy. I'm like, then how do I scan it? And they're like, you have to go get an app. I'm like, where's the app? It was, look. Don't put QR codes in your ARG game if you expect an old ass like me to try and figure that shit out. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. The, the first yeah, time I, but here's the thing. Like, I'm 38 years old, and I'm already there. I did a charity stream. I was like, I'm going to play some Minecraft. And I've not played a lot of Minecraft, but I thought it would be fun. So I did my whole little, like, Doctor Who skin. That was fun. And then I'm, like, doing this dance. I'm like, oh, uh, I think I just killed a zombie and I ate its flesh and now I'm a zombie. And my son, who was like, Dad, you said you were streaming. Can I watch the videos? I'm like, yeah, let me export the videos to YouTube and you can watch them. He comes up, he goes, no. <laughs> old, he's like, you weren't a zombie. You, you just got sick from eating the rotten flesh. Why you, would you eat the rotten flesh? What is? And, and then we would sit down and play Minecraft and he looked at me and he goes, don't eat it. I'm like, I wasn't going to eat it. He's like, you ate it last time. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wow. So 38 years old, I'm there already. Like, yeah. Already the clueless adult. It, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that South Park. I think it was the PewDiePie South Park episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, <laughs> where, where all the little kids are watching the Let's Plays and stuff like that. And uh, Stan and everyone is just being called grandpa by the kids all the time because he doesn't mm-hmm. understand why they're watching that. It's like, get out of here, grandpa. It's like, <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. I, I think the first time I encountered a QR code, I just turned my camera on, pointed it at the QR code, and wondered why nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling I you, I'm ex- yeah, I was exactly. I just way. assumed it was a thing because yeah, it's like these are so that common. functionality not built into the Apple camera? Yeah. Why, why would it not? I have to wonder why it's not because it's like, aren't these supposed to be like common now? Like, why do I have to download an app to use them? What barely anyone uses them anymore. They used to be everywhere on billboards, on the side of buildings. Now, I don't see them anywhere. Except watchdogs. <laughs> yes. True, yes. All <laughs> of that. But the true hackering happens. Indeed. And the temporal invasion. I'm going to keep shouting that game out because it sure. was super silly. Te- okay, there well, be some but- in the Black Watchmen too. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, if we're, if we're done on Pokemon Go, tell me about the temporal invasion. I'd, no, speaking, I'd speaking of Black Watchmen, there's a new game that company just released. And I can't remember the name of it, but it literally can only be played at night. Like, oh, it's, it's the dream one. Yeah, it can. It, it, you have to oh, hack the game in order to play it all the time, but it literally can only be played at night. And I can't remember the name of it. And it just came out, and they were like, "Do you want to code?" And I was like, "Yes." I interviewed <laughs> those guys, and they talked to me about it, and I can't remember the name. All right, so uh, the black. What well, is it? Uh, uh, black Watchmen Dream Game. No, it's uh, what is their name? I'm just so go to Steve and look this up because this needs to happen. Uh, Allison Smith. Is Allison right. Smith, yeah. Alice and Smith Dream Game. On uh on Nero, on Nero, Nero. Yeah, the Nero. Yeah. It's explore the twisted and troubling world of Nero, where your dreams are haunted by mysterious figures from the Victorian era. And literally, one of the things is like, hey, this is a game you can only play at night. Weird. <laughs> what? Which is. I love this company. Only makes batshit crazy games. Oh, yeah. Black Watchmen is amazing. Yeah. So, um, Temporal Invasion is very much along the lines of Black Watchmen in that you are a 
just dude, I guess yourself, and you've been contacted by someone named Dr. Quantum, who, through notes and various other nonsense, involves you in an ARG to solve a mystery. And it starts out with the with like who killed JFK. So like your first puzzle is like he's like I'm going to test you, and so you're literally um, at your fingertips are a desktop. Like you have your own computer within the game where you can look around and do emails and send messages and whatever. But you also have a Photoshop tool where you can go through and uh, look at images. And so one of the images, you sort of just like changing. You can change the color gradients and you can change the light and all. It's it's insane. It's an insane game. But um, the vast majority of it, you are going to Google, looking up information, finding out. Like it'll give you clues, and so you're finding the first name of someone, combining it with the first name of someone else, to find the character. So it's all these different things. Um, the best part was is I ended up using encryption codes that I never even knew existed. I was using like Masonic pigeon ciphers and fucking like nutty shit. No, like, this is this is great. It was, I think, made better because I did it on a stream. So I had, you know, a bunch of people in chat helping me and we were going together. And it was like a group effort. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, it's a game, let's just say it's a game that starts with JFK, goes into time travel, go, then goes into uh, aliens, ghosts, and ends with Slenderman. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is <clears throat> happening? By the way, they're all connected. They're all connected, just so you're aware. But I just, I mean, my question is like, Dr. Quantum sounds like a Neil Patrick Harris character. Dr. Quantum, uh, I don't want to spoil things, but Dr. Quantum and then this other guy are from future hash quote unquote uh, from future from future okay. got it not the future but from future uh yeah it's a game that uh unfortunately is written by not english as a first language guys so a lot of the dialogue is really funny and Hello, so i am yeah. the quantum he's from future <laughs> yeah i am from future and uh it's, it's so funny so yeah, there's there's a ton of like nutty stuff in that game that I won't even like get into spoiler wise, but it's definitely if you have a bunch of friends, it's a lot of fun to just play through and each chapter you complete is like, well, this is the craziest epic thing I've ever played in my life. And I think everyone on the stream had a great time. Um, but it's all about solving puzzles using what the game gives you, but also like, okay, like one puzzle was legit. You had to uh go and uh find like a number first you had to listen to morse code morse code gave you like first you had to go all right so i have to write down the morse code then go to a morse code translator translate the morse code get coordinates go to the coordinates on the on like google maps or whatever put in the coordinates find the island go like look at the island explore what's on the island find the location on the, like it's just like this was fun. It was a this reminds me of Majestic, like all the way back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Early aughts. I love ARG stuff <laughs> like that. It's all I've always been a fan, and I love that uh, it's sort of making a comeback. Even though it's it's in silly games like this, I love the idea that it exists and that uh, people are still willing to be like, "Hey, what if we make a game that sends you to go do stuff like outside of the game?" But the game also gives you the tools to. <laughs> You have a UV scanner. So if someone sends you a note, you can scan it and be like, oh shit, there's stuff written in blood on this note. Like it's, (laughs) 
I love that stuff. I love discovering little things like that. So I had a blast. It's I just boring. loved. I just loved when you called a place thinking this place doesn't exist. Oh doesn't my exist. god! Okay. This place doesn't exist. <laughs> so real talk. There's a there's a place in this game. TB. It was hilarious. There was a place in this game that it said like, well, this is where this person must be hiding out at. So I was like, hold up. I went online to look this up because in the game it says it doesn't. This place doesn't exist. And I was like, bullshit. Looked it up. It's a resort. Like a resort pops up online. I'm like, wait, what? Wait, do they make this website? I'm like, this is this looks like a pretty professional website for this. But it's a little tiny desert beach island where literally you take a boat out to the island. They serve you for a little bit and then you leave. Like it's it's that. I was like, this can't be like this can't be a real thing. So I go and I look it up. Dodger like is <laughs> watching at the time and I'm like, hold up. Yo, this can't, this can't be real. So I start typing in stuff. I go to like Travelocity. There are 1,100 reviews. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> oh, I didn't fake all these reviews. And then there's a phone number. And I'm like, I need to, I need to call and make sure these guys are, are, are real. And then I totally chicken out. I'm like, I can't, no, this isn't right. So I go back to the thing and put the information because I, I send off the email to the professor or doctor. I'm like, all right, so this is what I found. And he's like, you got it. That's, that's totally the place. But no one lives there. I'm like, wait. No, there's clearly people on that fucking island. <laughs> so that's when I manned up and called them and was like, hold up. So I boop, 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 called the island. And this woman goes, hello, reservations. I'm like, ah! Like, <laughs> do you, see, but I'm, and, and see, like, the, the idiot me would be like, do you know you're in a game? Oh, I, I should have I called back and be like, are you real people? Is this <laughs> real? You, are you fake? Is this real? Yeah, it's, it's, and the thing that kept tripping me up was there were people in your chat being like, I, some places on Google, it says that this doesn't exist, that this resort doesn't yes. exist. And other saying, places like, say it over, does. All over the internet, it said it does, this place does not exist. Yet clearly here I am on the website, which is why I thought it was a fake website. Like they made it for the game. I was like, this is so effing cool. And then I looked up on Travelocity, there were legitimate reviews. And I thought it was all just fake. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't comprehend that half the internet would say, Basically, what the lesson was is the internet. Don't ever go to the internet to learn real facts. <laughs> like, yeah. like, hey, what? This can't be real. It was totally real. It was insane. And that was just like one little microcosm of like this entire game's insanity where I was just like, what? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I think I definitely want to try that uh, new, the new only you can play at night game because yeah, I, I love that. I love they yeah they sent me a message like you can't hack the game and play it during the game I was like no no no, that, no you gotta play those things right yeah like I was the kind of guy who was like I would sit at my computer and all of a sudden I get an get an AOL instant message uh, instant message from from a majestic character be like <laughs> you're in right? you're in Groom Lake what is up and then you get the phone calls and the faxes that's right we got faxes the one thing that oh, I think the game lacked the 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 Thing I'd say besides the the writing being not particularly great, um, the when you submit answers, it had to be a specific answer that they wanted. Um, but even if it was the right answer, so there's one where I had it was like the German uh, something like German some cell therapy clinic or whatever doesn't matter. But the idea was is I just gave them the name. They didn't want the name. So I had to go through six acronyms for that company to find the exact acronym they needed. I was like, oh my God, I gave you the answer, Dr. Quantum, you dick. Yeah, Mark Watchman has some of those issues too, where you've got to, where it will accept like one or two different answers. 
but you've got to be pretty specific. Yeah. I mean, that's a general issue with those ARGs where they don't want anybody through the gate. They, they want to make sure you do the thing. Right. Well, it was fun. It was a fun, silly game that I was like, all right, cool. I can't wait for the next one. Unfortunately, it shows you 10 chapters, but you can only complete five. After the end of the fifth one, it's like, I can't believe you got this far. We're not done with the game yet. <laughs> it's like, what? That's, okay, but that's it shows there's five more I can do. Like, there are five. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got I, the last puzzle was super difficult. Everyone chats just like we're on the internet, like googling shit and looking up things and putting pieces of code together and doing. It was two Morse code tracks playing over each other, so you had to isolate one in each ear. So I'm sitting there going, what? Dot, "Oh yeah, oh the end of the last stream is literally me looking down, going dot 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 dash dash dash." Because like, I'm trying to figure out the Morse code, so I'm going ear to ear trying to do this. We put it all together, and it's like you beat the game for right now. Don't worry, though. The next five levels are coming out soon. No. It's like, we'll have good English. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a back-of-the-box bullet point right there. That's amazing. Uh, we'll yeah, have, have good English. English. Oh, God. Oh. I eagerly await the next five. <laughs> I feel like you've dived down a big rabbit hole lately, Jesse, when it comes to video games. You have started to play fundamentally different video games to everybody else. I, I, I like doing that on stream. I think On stream, are, yeah. Yeah, most of the time on on stream people are playing like this is the cool like hot game but it's usually just them and the controller and just playing and looking over to comment every once in a while i love the idea of playing a game where you can be like i need your help chat because i'm a dumb dumb and when you hit like a math question where chat's like oh this is a simple algebraic equation from like the Dude, they start like, for real i don't know yeah. what the shit you just said but i'm yeah all right i'm in let's do this <laughs> i I could not do that on like a YouTube video. It would be me being stuck for an hour. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to do this equation. They're like, well, you don't have to, you have to solve for both X and Y, but also you have to solve for the imaginary number. I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the math for me. Help yeah. me. So I sit there and pretend like I know what I'm doing and wait till someone in chat solves it. Oh, the chat neural network. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. I'll figure it out. And I look over. I'm like, ah, oh, here's an answer I have. Well, it's literally crowdsourcing solutions. You know, it's uh, it works pretty well. It's it's an intriguing use for for Twitch, and I I do wonder if, I mean, I, I say I wonder if certain games will continue to build themselves around the idea that you got more than one person helping you out. But well, it's... I think that was like going back to Oxenfree, which is a game I I still love, uh, and cards that we were talking about earlier. Um, Oxenfree, its ARG was based around that whole like everyone has to help everyone because the cards in the game on Steam those were even clues so you actually wanted to collect the cards because they give you clues and the more cards you like when you got a card set you turn it in you unlocked more information and like that kind of stuff i think is cool Interesting, um, yeah probably a reason why i'd want cards for that game but like i love the idea of taking a game to the next level and having it like a community based around playing and solving aspects of it mm, i think yeah. that's kind of cool i think uh from what i've seen so far inside it's sort of conspiracy theory people are going nuts trying to figure this game out and i guess there's already people are saying there's already two secret endings there's definitely I, I definitely know of one uh i certainly know of one but i don't know if there's a second one so i think that's i think it's i mean i haven't followed any of it because i still haven't played it yet but like i think that's really really cool that companies are giving you that added like here's a little something else for when you're done playing uh, yeah. to keep people interested <clears throat> and invested and i'm i've always been a fan of that i mm. love 
uh, the little conspiracy theories in games that keep people guessing and looking and searching. Hell, even when like Battlefield was like, yo, there's a giant shark and T-Rex in this. People went nuts and it was stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> but the idea that people can like, yo, we're going to go out in the water and just search. I love stuff like that. It, it keeps people invested and it just shows a little bit of dedication and love from the devs that uh, is more than just, we made a game here, take it. So, right. it is as you mentioned there that uh, you know there is a, actually a beneficial business reason for doing it that uh, uh, I think it was a it was a while ago I was talking about fez and when fez first came out and there being a huge amount of online discussion in regards to what certain things in the game meant and there was a community right. of people that sprung up around figuring it out that were all working together and eventually there'd be a new discovery and all that sort of thing and being part of that zeitgeist at the time was very compelling and probably drove sales of the game because especially on things like i know uh, every week on the giant bombcast it was nothing but 30 minutes of talking about weird fez shit like and, and it felt like if you weren't playing fez at the time you were missing out and i think right. that probably pushed people to play it and i have a feeling that people have noticed that and that's why they're adding a lot of this big mystery uh, it also comes down to like recent success like um five nights at freddy's is an example of a game that has a huge amount of law speculation surrounding it. You know, yeah. I know Matt Pat drove a lot of it with game theory, but there's a whole bunch of other channels that do a huge amount of speculation on little things that are in that game that are probably just put in there solely to cause people to speculate. And it does drive interest in sales and visibility for the game. And, and Five Nights at Freddy's, to be honest, is not that great of a game. It well, is no, a it's not. simulator. But the the like continued endurance of the what the shit is this game about is what kept people going back to five nights fridays one two three like all like keep going back trying to figure out more answers and i mean that was that was a huge that was a huge successful thing and you can see the success of sort of guessing and trying to figure out story translates to every game uh shout out to force for basically being like the yo here's my theories about overwatch guy yeah totally that shit up they're they like, did. yo, who's this new character? And he's like, I think I have the answer. And that's like, here's a free million views. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even matter if you're people wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people love that stuff. It's one of the things that I, um, back when Lost was on, I would listen to a mm. podcast that took place. These guys did a podcast live in Hawaii near the set of where they filmed. And it was just them guessing. And yes. it was just like them guessing about what it could be. They were always wrong. The next season, they would <laughs> always be wrong. But it was like, I enjoyed listening to every one of those before, like the build up to that moment when they were yeah. completely wrong. And you it's, know, it's half amazing. the reason we and probably quite a lot of other people, like get nerdy guys, like watch WWE. It's for the same fucking reason. We half of the only reason we watch it is to guess what they're going to try and do next, like later down the line, like try and predict uh, an outcome or a screwy finish or a plot twist or anything. And it's what's called fantasy booking. It's the idea of uh, trying to figure out how they're going to book a specific storyline, who's going to win what match and why, because there's always a reason why. You know, it's a, it's fake, as in it's all pre-scripted. So that means if someone wins a match, there's a reason for them winning that match that's going to advance a certain storyline later. So you try and figure out why that is. And that becomes actually almost more fun than watching the show. And there's a lot of online speculation in regards to that that probably, you know, fuels a lot of the popularity of it. So I'll it's, never it, forget when uh, the second season of BBC Sherlock ended. And there was just like a year of huge articles being like, this is how he's going to live. Like, it was so intense how many people came up with 
these really elaborate theories on how, look, if you don't know what happened, I'm sorry. If you don't know what happens to Sherlock in like literature, yeah. like, I mean, it's, it, it's a different take on it, but it's the exact same thing that happens. Yeah. So look, everybody thinks he died. All right. Everybody came up with all these theories for how he Just lived and it was fascinating. And then they gave us this bullshit where they were like, who knows what really happened? I was just about to say, did they ever like, give us an answer? Did we, ever get an answer? <laughs> we never got an answer. Oh, what that, if, what that if, was a heaping dump truck of bullshit. What if the last few seasons are just in his head and he's dead? It was, it was like him falling to his death. He's in a, no, he's in a coma. Yeah, he's in a coma. <laughs> it's the dream of a child. That old girl, the good old chestnut, yeah. Now, it turns out he's actually a Pokemon living in a Pokeball. That's what happens Whoa. inside a Pokeball. Oh, I would shit. say Benedict Cumberbatch is a Pokemon. I can see that. He's yeah, Mewtwo. Like I choose you, Cumberbatch. <laughs> he's, he's Mewtwo, and this is all in his head. This he is has experience. He's it's all in his mind palace. And now he's Dr. Strange. Yay, we've done it. Oh, dear. All right. Before we go to a break, we would absolutely love to shill our sponsor for you, and that's exactly what's going to be happening. Our sponsor Whoa. this week for the show, I'll just bring it up if you give me a second, is audible.com slash cynical. Go and sign up for your free trial at audible.com slash cynical. This is a place where you can get over 250,000 audiobook titles narrated by professional audiobook narrators, I guess you call them. What is the job title for that? Professional readers? Narrators. Narrators. We're going to go with narrators, yes. Professional narrators from all manner of different places. And we've got a couple of recommendations for you. The uh, audiobook that's on the screen right now is the one that I'm currently listening to. It's called This Is How You Die, Stories of the Inscrutable, Infallible, and Inescapable Machine of Death. Ah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So this is the sequel to a set of short stories called The Machine of Death. And the idea is that there is a machine that's been mass-produced and is available now pretty much everywhere that can, with 100% certainty, predict anybody's death. However, it can only do it in a very short and fairly vague manner. So it can say, uh, for instance, old age, but that could be actually dying of old age, or it could be as it describes it, being shot by an elderly bedridden man in a botched home invasion. Still yep. counts. That's cool. That's So cool. The, the whole point of it is, is a set of short stories with that in mind. A bunch of different writers have contributed to it. And it's a big mix of uh, ironic death stories. You know, some are very funny. Some are very philosophical. Some are you know really quite sad, quite dark. Uh, some are very heartwarming. And because there are so many different ones, it's a really, really good listen because you can sit down for like 20, 30 minutes at a time, hear a story and feel like you've like really got something out of listening to it. So it actually works really well in the audiobook format, especially since you can have nice little uh, chapter tracking through the Audible app and things like that. So I, I've been digging that one. I've been listening to that one on and off over the past week or so. Uh, Jesse, you had a recommendation. I believe it was uh, a Star Wars title. Yeah, so before we say anything about my, my choice, I thought that your book, based on the title, was very similar to the movie The Mangler. Actually, it's a Stephen King short story. The Mangler, which is literally just about a machine that kills people, and 
the factory owner that feeds people to the machine. <laughs> and he's like, not quite that. Like, no, no. Don't worry. You'll find the mangler. And he puts yeah. them this wall to the pit and the machine eats them. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what that was about. Because when Perfect. you death machine, I was like, absolutely the not. That's not at all like the mangler. So it's the mangler's cerebral brother. Indeed. Don't you look know, up it... the mangler because it is primo hilarious. Okay. Doesn't want to kill you, only wants to let you know how it happened. Yeah. So uh, my book, because I'm a giant Star Wars nerd and we are, uh, I have my own Star Wars book club podcast. Uh, my suggestion is Star Wars Aftermath, book two, Life Debt. Uh, Aftermath is what takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi. And it sort of leads up to the story for uh, episode seven and uh, eight and nine. So is this canon? Uh, this is can all the new stuff is canon. So all the old stuff, gone. New stuff is canon. So this one is essentially, I guess the synopsis, I literally just got it, just downloaded it to my Audible on my phone. So I'm ready. Um, this uh, basic gist is that uh, it's the characters from the first one of uh, the first Aftermath story. But in one of the interludes in Aftermath 1, you discover that Han and Chewie get a message that like, yo, Something's going down in Kashyyyk. We need your help. Well, in this one, Han and Chewie are captive and our heroes have to go save them. So that is like the general gist of this story. And um, I'm excited to see where it goes and what happens with these characters. Because these characters, what they're doing with uh, the new canon is all these new characters they're introducing, they're mixing with old characters and everything's flowing together now. So there isn't like one-offs. Everything's being reused and re-added and added back into the mix. And um they're, they're, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that uh, the, the the main character from this story is, if you remember in episode seven, the guy who is um, uh, like wearing the blue fighter outfit, who's like, I'm the best recon pilot they have. That's him. That's that guy. So it's like, oh, okay. hey, he's in the movie. So it's kind of cool that they've they've added all these different characters back into Wait, it. Is that Jeff Grunberg's character? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's like, the, he's the friend. Jack Wexley? Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap Wexley. Yeah. Snap Wexley. That's what it is. Yeah, he uh is yeah, and he's in these stories he's a little boy. So you get to see like Greg him Grunberg grow up. Greg Grunberg. It's I it, so. all I know is it's JJ Abrams like bestie. And so he yeah, puts him yeah. In yeah. Um and so you get to see him grow up. And uh I would recommend this book, especially on Audible, because uh I hate the writing style of this author when he like that first aftermath book is like written in a weird first person that I cannot handle, but the audiobook made it, like, listening to it as, because the way Star Wars does their books is it's full on, like, radio play. So yes. listening to it as, like, a it's happening right now radio play is infinitely better and makes the book, like, super good. So I would definitely uh, suggest that. And yo, if you subscribe to this audio uh, Audible thing, like me, where you just get a book a month, like, boop, here's a little token, have a book. Uh, You'll have yeah. enough saved up so that you can uh, jump on the Thrawn book that comes out next year. Because holy shit, they brought back the best character in the expanded universe. Oh my yeah, god! I just grabbed the first day to the Empire One Audible actually because I wanted to listen to it. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> uh, if I mean, even though it's not canon anymore, Heir to the Empire that trilogy is like the three best books ever written about Star Wars. Yeah, ever. that's what I've heard. They're so good, and the bad guy is like the best bad guy Star Wars has ever made, which is just, that's saying a lot considered as Vader and shit. I love Thrawn way more. He's just like a different character and on a different level. So 
it's nice to have him back and he's going to be in cartoons and books and shit, that will be awesome hopefully they don't yeah. ruin him dodger you also have a recommendation i believe you said it was about magicians it is um it's a book called the night circus that my mom has been reading and i can't now that i've started listening to it i can't imagine not listening to the audiobook because jim dale the guy who's narrating this has such a beautiful just flowy way to tell the story and it's written very poetic so it, it works really really well um but it's basically it's it's about a circus that pops up uh that only happens at night it just shows up out of nowhere and inside are two magicians named celia and marco and they're like i'm pretty i'm positive they're gonna bone down eventually but right now <laughs> they're, fierce, they're fierce magician rivals <laughs> yes um so yeah, just the the way that it's written and the way that that Jim delivers it, I'm like, ooh, everything sounds so so beautiful and mystical and uh, yeah, it's 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 surreal in a really cool way. So I've just started it. I but but so far I'm like, oh man, they're definitely gonna bone down eventually. I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive. I I don't know that I like the phrase bone down because i'm not sure what that means they're gonna bone i mean you do know what a man and a woman love each other like make it make sense in your head that's the problem yeah i I guess you're right i guess you're right i know what it means it's like you and i when we puzzle hunt in life is strange i know what we're looking for we just can't find it and it's just like this i know what you're saying it just doesn't it's like when you say touch butts it doesn't quantify. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any I actual think, sense. No, but. I think the problem with touch butts, though, is that everybody always imagines that you're facing away from each other and your butts are just touching. But when I imagine it, you're facing one another, embracing, and your hands are cupping the boot. Wait, I, so you're just, so like... Uh, Audible.com slash cynical, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sign up for your free trial. <laughs> you can listen to any pervy crap that you like and nobody will know. Yo, Audible.com slash cynical. love on there. They probably do, and many, probably. many more things besides, uh, I imagine, that would be very suitable for such ventures, let's put it that way. It contains more than 250,000 audio programs from all manner of different authors. Any genre you can imagine, you can listen on your phone, you can listen on your computer, you can listen on your tablet, you can listen on pretty much anything at this point. And the app, which is available for iOS as well as Android, also has a bunch of really awesome features such as annotated bookmarks, chapter navigation, and narration speed control. So if you ain't got time for that crap, you can increase the speed at which the person actually reads to you. So you can do that. That is a thing. Audible.com slash cynical. Sign up for your free trial today. Thank you very much to Audible for sponsoring this episode of the Co-Optional Podcast. There are our book recommendations. We're going to be back after the break with yet more video games. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Do not go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the sounds of Miracle of Sound over the break with his old world courier blues. Nice little tribute to Fallout New Vegas. Right, we're back to the show. Let's talk a little bit more about the games we've been playing this week. Uh, Mike, what can you play in the mountains? Oh, to ask. oh you can play great games in the mountains. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even talking about the septic system thing. I was going to um, say, that is not a ga- that's, it's not a game I would like to indulge in. It's a pretty dude. shitty game, all things considered. Oh, eh. If you could see me, I'm uh, doing the finger guns thing. <laughs> so I... Um, I, I was caught in that whole Amazon thing of not getting my copy of Zero Time Dilemma. 
Okay. Uh, so I got my copy of Zero Time Dilemma. Ah, there we go. Uh, yeah, I know Jesse played a little bit of that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this because I know Jesse was a little confused, I believe. Jesse, have you played the first two games? Uh, that's where the confusion came from. the first two games, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it. I played it. I loved it. And I realized going into it after I got to the point where like, well, we're from the future. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I decided I need to go back and play the others, but I'm going to wait until they, they just announced at uh, Anime Expo they're going to release them on other consoles, I guess. Probably PC. I mean, given that the whole, that the Danganronpa games came over to PC, I would suspect that 999 and Virtue's Last Reward are probably going to head over to PC. Uh, 999 was only on the original DS. Virtue's Last Reward was on 3DS and Vita and had a actually a save bug on the 3ds that never got fixed so if you do want to like play those now get the vita version of that um i'm a i'm a huge fan i love the whole escape room thing the setup for this one is a little bit different uh the first two games were very linear um and you could go back don't eat my don't don't eat that that's Uh uh-huh um (laughs) how's it going over there uh it's tasty um (laughs) He's awake and he's like, I just ate food and now I'm going to eat your headphone cable. So we're going to like eat it and stuff. Um, so uh, this is set up such that you're jumping around. They call them fragments. So you're jumping around on the timeline, but you don't go where on the timeline because it's like this big cluster of, of thumbnails. So part of the game, and I haven't gotten terribly far yet. Part of the game is figuring out like, all right, what is the real chain of events here? And what is the real ending? And just like the first two games, there are, I think there's like eight or nine endings. Right. Um, and you get one of them right away uh, for the most part. Um, and it's a happy ending. And it's really weird. Like it's one of those. Like, you did it. Good job. Yeah, we survived. We're awesome. Except that's not really the ending you want because you didn't pay 40 bucks for a game that ends in five minutes and has no story. It's great though. Weird. It's it's so it's, weird. Plus, plus, it gives you that like you didn't get a, it. Literally to your face is like, but you didn't get any answers. Don't you want answers, dum dum? Like yeah. <laughs> trade off. You're like, I do have to kill these kids for answers. All right. <laughs> yes. That's pretty murder, murder for answers. That's an interesting strategy. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, Everybody survived. It's all good. Now you don't have to feel guilty when you murder everyone because you've saved them once. Yes. Fine. Uh, and that's a big thing with with these games is the whole alternate timelines. And I, you know, I think you know uh, a guy that works with me, uh, JB Gwaldney, wrote a whole like primer on the series before uh, Zero Time Dilemma came out. And I think one of the things he said that that I I back up wholeheartedly is if you think Metal Gear Solid is batshit crazy, uh, you're just not ready for for Zero Escape. Because it's like, oh, morphogenic fields and time travel and in tele, you know, tele- telepathy and holy crap. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, oh, well, this one character is just an e- like an emo kid. But then you're like, oh, well, I'm actually, he's like, I'm actually a detective. And I've been sent here to, and it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. And the next thing is like, why is your voice so funny? I'm like, yeah, why does he sound so disinterested? And when the man goes, I am from 75 years in the future. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, and they just nonchalantly, it's like, his brain's older than his body. Of what? course. 
of course. And both of them are like, you should know this. And I'm like, I don't because I didn't play the other games, but I wish I had. Yeah. Well, and, and But the thing is, even with Virtue's Last Reward, if you don't play it all the way through and get the real ending, you have no freaking clue what's going on with that. We set this up so you go back in time and blah, blah, blah. It's like... <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun. It's crazy. But crazy can sometimes be the most enjoyable type of fun. So. Oh yeah, and uh, and those games, I, I love the escape room. I love the. I, I actually, uh, I'm stuck in one right now. So I put it down. I'm like, I'm gonna come back to it a little bit later. Um. So that's that's. I've been playing that. I've been playing some Monster Hunter, uh, Monster Hunter Generations. Which is yeah. Nice. I, I, so, I, I, how many of how the previous Monster that? Hunter games have you played? Because I'd love to know what is this one like in comparison. Uh, I have played. I, I think going back to the PSP. Uh, so I played one on PSP. I played, um, I played three on 3DS and Wii U, and I played four. And I got a little bit further every time. They're not. It's not an easy series to get into. No, it isn't. Uh, but they've become progressively more accessible. This one is by far the most accessible of the series, and I, I feel like it. it they finally refine the tutorial to a point where it's like human beings can play this game. <laughs> I, I, I've always felt like up until like three, I'm like, all right, they're making this harder. You're eventually your player base is going to dwindle because people just aren't going to have the patience. And once they came around with four, like obviously sales shot up, like the United States finally said, Oh, we get it now. Cause it's huge in Japan. And now it's finally, would you please stop writing me? Thank you. Here's what's weird is that Monster Hunter Try on Wii U ruined handheld Monster Hunter for me. Oh, yeah. I can't, like, I tried so hard with four, but, like, trying to go from Wii U with an awesome system with the game mm -hmm. pad to, like, playing it on handheld, I was like, this is so unsatisfying. Like, I had a similar problem. Well, especially if you don't have a, a CirclePad Pro or um, yeah. a new 3DS, uh, new 3DS or yeah. new 3DS XL. Like, you need that second. Like, I, I, I love the fact that you can put the camera controls. Yes, thank you. That's my hand. Um, that you can put the uh, controls on the touchpad, but that's not, that, that's not good. Like, CirclePad Pro, like, first of all, it makes the system that much more comfortable to hold. Mm. Um, and the, it works well with the with the little nubby on the new 3ds right yeah. um but then before i came up uh i was indulging in a couple of uh multiplayer only games which is not typically my style but um one of them which i actually reviewed was dead by daylight oh how did you feel about it because tv <laughs> has very strong feelings about it oh are your feelings strong bad uh, so you know that septic system incident you had up in the oh, mountains? Jesus. Wow. Wow. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you, like, what your specific problems were with it, if it's the gameplay or if it's just the janky systems around It's it. both. It's definitely both. You know, it was released in an awful state, riddled with bugs and problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I find the overall philosophy of progression in that game to be astonishingly stupid the fact that you can't progress while playing with friends which in my eyes is the only fun way to do it 
Yeah. Mind-bogglingly dumb. But the general gameplay, which is nothing but glorified hide-and-seek, to me is not fun or compelling in any way. See, I I don't usually play horror games. And one of the things I really liked about this one, when playing as the survivors, is the, uh, is the Yelp factor. And I don't mean like giving restaurants a bad review. I mean like actually yelping out loud uh because like i would i would be playing and be like ah, he's, he's on me. oh i think i think you can relate to dodger on that one then because she screams <laughs> her head off playing that game it's true mm-hmm. it's true yes i pointed out that i found it other role-playing kind of endearing it's like hey that makes it fun and strim's like no she's actually doing that for real like that's, what that's like yeah is, that's is she a real person <laughs> yeah i mean i i like it a lot i i recognize the progression systems first of all they tried to implement so right now, uh, for those who haven't played it, there are two different ways to play. You can either randomly match in as a killer or a survivor. The only chat amongst survivors right now is a text chat that exists before the match. You can't, there's no proximity chat, which stinks. Like, I think they're really, like, if they want to really do something cool, like, have a proximity-based open mic chat. Would make mm-hmm. complete sense. Mm-hmm. And that the killer also can key into as well. So yeah, if they're close yeah, enough, yeah. Of course, because sound is, they, they try to make sound such a big thing in it, where, like, if you're hurt, you make noises, and, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's one way they could improve it, but right now, like, even matching in as a killer doesn't take terribly long, because you have to wait for four people to, to jump in with you. It's very quick right now when you're matching in as a, as a victim. Um, but they're trying to implement something called Survive with Friends, which right. is uh, where you can join up and go against a randomly matched killer. Oh, interesting. So that would kind of fix the progression. I, I assume that you can progress well in that mode. I pretty um, well if, hope so. Yeah. yeah, if not, then it's just a cluster. I mean, I, I kind of understand they're not wanting to progress people when everybody's in the same chat and you can kind of game the system. Uh, if you have all five people, like the killer and all four survive all four victims and but even beyond that there are issues in that you have to create a new lobby every time you want to switch switch killer so if you're playing round robin with a group of friends you can't just it's say all right let's else. just switch roles it's terrible oh right. god we had so many issues around launch with that because half the time the lobby would bug out like we had 10 people in the lobby at one point or like what the <laughs> fuck just happened randoms yeah. joining private lobbies uh people being unable to connect it i mean I, again i just gave up in frustration on day one of that game when it was just as buggy as the beta was I was like, nope, mm-hmm. screw this. Yeah, I, I, I like what the game tries to do. Um, I've had a lot of good experiences in it. I did all of my review was was post-launch. Servers had kind of evened out. Um, so, you know, I kind of, and, and I don't do a whole lot of reviews. And this one I ended up doing because um, nobody else was able to when I had been playing it. Um, so I... You know, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think I had a, I, I, it's clear that I had a better experience it, with it than you did. Um, kind of along those lines, though, I want to ask what your opinion is, because uh, I'm enjoying it, uh, Evolve Stage 2. So it's so funny you should ask that, because I did I spend a ton of time yet. playing that. Uh, so we, we talked about a little bit about this last week and asked, is anyone planning on going back to play it? Yeah. It looks like I was the only one that actually did, um, mm. which would be a first for me, because I always lie when it comes to, I'll totally check that out. <laughs> <laughs> definitely check that out yeah i always lie when it comes to that never believe a word i say 
when it comes to saying that on the show. But I did go and check out Evolve Stage 2. I put a good, like, eight to ten more hours into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my overall opinion is positive, for the most part. Good. Uh, I... Find a lot more. I found a lot more fun. I the one of the main problems I had with the original was the amount of downtime involved, uh, how long it could take to find the monster, and I also talked a little bit in my recent video about Evolve Stage Two about how just and this is kind of similar to Dead by Daylight as well. How dependent on the people you're playing with it is as to whether or not you'll actually have a good time. Right. Absolutely. And Evolve was like that in in many ways because if your hunt if your hunter team sucked. You'd have a miserable time if, if your, your monster trapper was... sucked. Yeah, that was the big yeah. thing about it. Basically, it was so reliant on whether or not your trapper was any good, and as a result, no one wanted to play trapper because they didn't want the responsive fucking ability of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who didn't know, the way that trapper worked in the original version was the trapper had what was called the dome. The dome is what traps the monster, and that lets you fight them in the dome for a certain period of time. It puts them in an arena so they can't just run off. So that's yeah. what usually triggers the big fights with the monster. The problem is, if you had a shitty trapper and they domed incorrectly, you miss the monster. And, and then you have to wait for them to pull it down. Exactly. And... Yeah, and there was a cooldown on it. Mm-hmm. It was a unbelievable pain in the ass. They have now made it so that anybody can activate the dome as long as they're in line of sight of the monster for a two, uh, about two seconds or so, and it will center on the monster when it casts. Mm-hmm. So you can't miss. Now, some argued, oh, let's take skill away from the game. Maybe it does, but it also makes the game playable with people who suck, which helps. So <laughs> it's, And it also means people are willing to play the Trapper because it's not horribly stressful and don't get blamed for everything. The game yeah. is a lot faster in general, which much. I like. You can fight at all stages as the monster. I've won mm-hmm. at stage one before. It's totally possible. Which was um, not the case in the original release. No, it's all. not. Like, if you, you go to stage one, you were stage fucked. One, that's it. You were yep. fucked. That as simple as that. You know, which meant that most of the games the monster was spent sneaking, hiding, and eating, which is not that enjoyable to do. <clears throat> most of the games the hunters were spent sprint, 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 check, sprint, 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 sprint. It's like God damn it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more walking in this than dear Esther, and it was not. <laughs> it wasn't a good time. This is, in my eyes, a lot better now. I'm having a lot more fun with it. There were some interesting balance discussions with that game on all levels because you can definitely tell the difference between people playing at a lower level, especially in puppies, versus people playing at a higher level. There's people playing at the higher level saying, well, Hunters are winning about 80% of the time. And I'm like, not in solo kind of casual play they're not monsters yeah. are winning a bunch of that there's a bunch of complaints the forums like monsters are too powerful how do you ever beat monsters and i say no monsters never win and all that stuff it's and it's so interesting to see that because there's so many yeah. different combinations of hunters and monsters available that i feel like balancing a game like this and actually getting a proper balanced perspective from any individual player is literally impossible I, one of the things that i you know i don't usually read patch notes in depth unless i'm reporting on something that's you know, where there's some some very glaring issues that people are waiting for. I read those patch notes from top to bottom, and it is a fascinating study in game design and rebalancing. It is, yeah. Like, it's just fantastic to see all the things that they've done, uh, really understand kind of how all of those changes have been implemented. You know, because there's a lot when you play a game after, you know, post-patch, especially a multiplayer game, it's like, this feels different. But reading those patch notes and understanding, it's like, okay, now the hunters move a little bit slower than they used to. Um, one of the big changes, you know, when the game first came out, one of the big, uh, the big things to do with Goliath, which was like the original iconic monster, was and 
Oh, sorry, you're breaking um, up a little bit there. Because yeah, I can you repeat what I you just said. You, you broke up. I got the that. warning. Um, <laughs> so with Goliath, you would sneak a little bit and then you'd jump and your tracks would disappear. Now what they do for all the flying monsters and when Goliath jumps is there is a mark on the ground yes. where, they, where they went. So that whole strategy of I'm just going to jump and climb and jump and climb so that... And then no one can fucking track me. Yeah. Exactly. Unless you used Maggie and had... Daisy the trap jaw because yes. Daisy would always know regardless. So again, that should kind of shunted trappers into one specific character. Yeah, Mixed I remember playing the other trappers just seemed kind of pointless. Uh, mm -hmm. Daisy's also a bit of a noob trap. Like he, she always was. Like I remember low level hunters like just follow Daisy. If you actually just follow Daisy, you're never going to find that monster. If that monster keeps mm -hmm. moving, because you're not fast enough. You, you you don't have going where the monster was is useless because the monster moves faster than the hunters most of the time. The hunters can get mm -hmm. a sudden burst of speed, but generally speaking, the monster moves quicker. You have to see where the monster is going, not where the monster has been. A lot of that is learning the maps and the different routes. Like, oh, right, you went down that way, so the chances are he either went to the left or went to the right. Don't just follow fucking Daisy like an idiot. You'll never find him mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Um, and a lot of lower level players don't realize that and end up getting frustrated, I think, with Evolve. Yeah, they made a lot of individual character changes uh, to abilities, but that tracker change now. So um, if you've not played Evolve, every class has a standard ability across all of the different hunters. Yes. So they took the dome away from the trapper, but they gave uh, them a what they call a the planetary planet scan. Yeah. yeah, the planet scanner. So you tap that, and not only does the trapper get a burst of speed, which can be used to get close enough to dome the monster, so trappers are still doing a lot of the doming, but it also, if you're far enough away um you know you don't know where it is it will actually show on your on your radar which yeah it's like go that way basically it's a compass um they reduce the time from 20 minutes a match to 12 minutes a match i mean yes. they really that's nice put, yeah they pushed it towards it i mean most matches anymore. yeah i mean there are times where i'll hit stage three as the monster and i'll have a minute and a half left to get in there and do a fight and get into the fight but also that power relay, once you hit stage three as the monster in the old game, it was pretty much over. Now, if the hunters are near the power relay, a shield goes up over yes. it. That's strengthened by the number of hunters are there. So you're still fighting the hunters. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. I'm into it, it. it brings the hunt, you know, the maps got shrunk as well. They're redesigning all the maps. There's only currently four in the rotation and they shrunk them. So there's less places for the monster to hide. That means there's more fights, but the monster mm -hmm. is more capable. So overall, I mean, I've actually found the pubbing experience to be pretty damn good. Uh, every now and again, it's definitely a little bit frustrating if you're pubbing as a hunter. Because, yeah, if you have a couple of bad players, you, you can get screwed. There's no doubt about it. You know, if someone doesn't know how to dodge out of the way and keeps dying, especially if they happen to be the medic, then you're in serious trouble. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of it is, like, kill the medic simulator if possible, you know. That, that definitely helps. But... I like queuing as the monster. I find it very enjoyable. I've I've won a lot of games as the monster, but I've also lost and I felt like it was justified when I did because the team was obviously much better organized. They knew what they were okay. doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just found the game generally more fun. It's not perfect. Like, there's a couple of things they need to do. They need to deal with the amount of levers because there are, you know, especially with the free-to-play, it's brought a lot of kids into the game and they throw a tantrum if they don't get the monster or whatever. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm going to leave then. You know, I had someone yesterday type, monster give monster and i ended up being the monster <laughs> and he's like fuck you and then leaves um so that actually ruins hey, the bye. game i won't miss you yeah bye. yeah unfortunately that does actually ruin the game because if a hunter ends up being a bot 
they're not as good as a real player. Uh, so right. it can, and also it tends to trigger a cascade of people leaving the game. So it ruins it for everybody. Uh, the matchmaking is fairly quick, but the setup time can be a bit long because it gives you like a minute and a half to pick your hunter and perks. And mm-hmm. then as the hunter, you're also in that cutscene at the start, which is necessary because the monster has to have a little bit of time to get away before the hunters land. But they've got that little cutscene where the hunters talk to each other. So if you're playing a hunter, it can be like two and a half minutes before you actually get in to play a match. Uh, which can be a bit frustrating. I also will say they need to do a way better job of explaining skills and making them more accessible to the player. The information is a pain in the ass to get. You've got to like get into the game and hit escape, really, to find out what your fucking skills are. And mm-hmm. some of the stuff is quite obscure. Like The way they've designed some of these hunters are very... Some of their abilities seem very weird-like <clears throat> and specific, and they don't fully explain how to use them properly. So you end up with hunters going in. It's like, I'm going to pick this hunter. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <clears throat> and I, I think they need to make sure that before someone gets into a match, they know exactly what they're doing. That information should be on the loading screen. It actually already is, but the loading screen lasts about a second and a half, so you can't read it. It should be on the character selection screen. Instead of just these little videos. I mean, I get it, right? You have the little videos to try and show people how to use it. That's not that helpful. You know, you need a lot of text. You need to show people how these abilities work and make sure they know what they're doing. It should be on the character page in game. Uh, so there should be a that. hot button where you could just bring it up. Absolutely. You shouldn't have to hit escape. You know, I should be able to hit a hot button while I'm moving. I can read the skills while I'm moving. You know, why can't I maybe just hit her, hold down? And this is where people tell me you can do this or some shit. I hold down tab while I'm running and I can read it then or something. That would be good. That would work. Um... But you can't. So there's a lot of work they need to do with it. I know the people have been calling Doom and Gloom for the game because it's been losing a lot of players every day. Well, no shit. There was an initial surge of interest, and now it's, you know, the people that weren't interested are going to stop playing, and then the people that are still interested will. So we'll see where it evens off at. I'm pretty sure it's going to even off at better than what it was. Yeah, Yeah, so what we know is that um, in June they had about, they had under 300 concurrent players. At peak time, yeah. At peak, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They hit uh 50,000 plus i think it was like 53,000 uh, which is bigger than the game's launch window and they hit a million total players yeah. since uh the game was re-released as a, yes. as a free yeah. game uh-huh. um and i think that's an important thing to call out is it's not free to play as we typically know it it's a free game right now yeah it totally no is. that business model isn't implemented yep and i and you know when i asked them because i did a big interview with them uh before this hit they're like, well, we're not sure if, and we're not sure when. Uh, this could very well be. Let's revitalize the franchise because we believe in the franchise, and you know, figure out a way to monetize later or release, you know, more substantive add-ons or something. Yeah. But in terms of those silver keys that you can earn, you can't purchase them right now. No, you can't. Which is a little annoying at times because mm-hmm. the amount that you have to earn to upgrade certain perks or do unlocks can be pretty irritating. Yeah, I mean, it's not for the skins that I would want to buy them. It's because no, I, no. I dump all of my keys that I earn into, into upgrading those perks, which makes it big. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I've had fun, though. Like, it's kind of a, right now, it's a bit of a go-to player match leave kind of game for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I've got 20 minutes. I guess I'll play a round of Evolve or whatever. It's usually, it's usually been pretty fun. They've got a lot to do with it, but... I think it's a lot better than the original version. I really do. Oh, yeah. Way better. Uh, so it's worth a try, certainly. Yeah. So that's about me. I've... Yeah. So a game came out yesterday evening that yes. I am extremely excited about, and I've been playing for a few hours before the podcast. 
What is because it? Because finally, a real what? version of Earth Defense Force has shown up on PC. <laughs> Earth Defense Force 4.1, The Shadow of New Despair, is now finally on PC. Sure. The premier course, space and course. simulator Absolutely. is here. Of course. And it fixes the biggest problem that game has always had, which is that it ran like absolute dog shit on every single thing it was put on. Because that game has too much shit on the screen, and yet they released it on consoles, and of course they couldn't handle it. So that, this is a game that has been known to tank it to single-figure frames on things like PlayStation 3, uh, the original version Xbox 360, uh, 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 I can't remember which number it was, 2037 I think, mm -hmm. was on Xbox 360, game ran like shit, even the version on PS4 ran like shit. Mm -hmm. Turns out when you put it on PC, which is vastly overpowered for this game that looks like it could have been on a PS2, it runs totally fine. So, finally, you've got wonderful, smooth 60 FPS. There are far too many giant ants on my screen, but my system doesn't care gameplay. And I, I feel like it's finally realized what EDF could be, which is an absolute clusterfuck of cheesy B-movie giant insect space killing nonsense i mean it's dynasty warriors meets bugs i'm watching Kinda. this trailer and i just bought the game <laughs> yeah the I entire this game the entire point of the game is kill huge amounts of giant space insects with increasingly Perfect. silly weapons what it is cheesy as fuck it, it is by far one of the worst best games that i've ever played like you know how uh deadly premonition has a big cult fan base edf is kind of similar it's a janky messy dumb buggy purchased absolutely just garbage I game it. i love it i love it from japan that is incredibly fun to play because the it's the scale of the fucking carnage in this game there i mean the basic enemy is an ant the size of a building and it only gets bigger from there. Like, I remember playing it on Xbox, and it was like, there was one mission where you fought an alien scout ship. The alien scout ship was literally the size of a fucking skyscraper. It was that big. Uh, the third mission, I, uh, well, I just I beat the third mission. I'm a, a little bit further than that. It's like, oh, here are these spiders. They have webs that are so large that they go between skyscrapers, and there are giant spiders in the middle of them, and you can get caught in these webs. And it gets increasingly dumber and more ridiculous. And the way that the progression works in that game is that enemies randomly drop either armor pickups or weapon pickups. And if you pick up an armor pickup, it gives you one health permanently for your character. So you grab these armor pickups and your character gets stronger and stronger and you need that to play the harder difficulty levels. Because if you play on anything beyond normal, this game will fucking murder you. Like... Mm. The, the space ants, they're not fucking around. They're the most basic creatures in the game. It gets stupider and stupider, and at the harder difficulty levels, you can literally die instantly. You have to build up a lot of HP and armor and get really good weapons to beat those harder modes, and that's the whole point of the game. You play it on normal to try and gather the gear and armor that you need to play it on the harder difficulty. And you can play the game in co-op online as well. Which is a preferred way to play it, because you can, you know, one of you can grab, like, a support ability, and that'll help you out. Also, there are giant vehicles that you can pilot. There are, like, I would hope flying... there's giant everything. Yes, there's pretty much giant everything. I okay, mean, one okay. of the screenshots, you see a giant mech fighting what appears to be some sort of giant dragon. That's a yep. thing that happens. Yep. Um, 
just understand when going into this game, it's got some of the worst, best voice acting you will ever hear. Oh, yes. The writing is intentionally awful. Um, you are fighting with a bunch of AI soldiers that will repeatedly chant EDF, EDF for no reason. Right. Uh, the, there's a bunch of battle chatter, which is all awful. Like, there's literally <laughs> one uh, where it's like, I'm going to kill you with bullets. <laughs> it's like old school. You know, like, uh, remember the old sort of 90s ports of Japanese games where the voice acting was just awful. This like game, game. I am from future. Yeah. This no, game. No, I am from future. Not we only did they dead. never fix it, but they embraced it in Earth They're Defense good. Force. All of the games do that shit. Go back home to space is an insult that they yell at the enemies. Go um, back home to space. Go oh back home God. to space. Will Smith would, would sound great reciting uh, that line. It, it's, go back home to space. It's a fucking sci-fi original movie in a video game form. It's Ooh. Sharknado the fucking video game. Love it. it it's Soul. so... It's so dumb. Like, the way that the uh, enemies... Like, the physics engine, if you can even call it that, is insane. Like, you get grabbed by an ant, and I pulled out my rocket launcher and shot the ant in the face while I was being eaten by the ant, and I flew halfway across the fucking map as a ragdoll. There's just corpses flying everywhere. Buildings just randomly fall down. You can literally destroy the entire city if you have good weapons. You can level it completely. And that's a pretty good way of like, oh, there's an ant at the top of the skyscraper. Can't hit him. I'm just going to blow the building up. I'm going to flatten the building. I can do that. And what's wonderful about that game now on PC is that finally that you've got a system that can actually handle the carnage. It's... It's so... It's so badly good. It's so awfully awesome. It... I, lo I love that it's finally here. Like, I, Earth Defense Force is my super guilty pleasure, and it's never run well on any system I got it on, and now it does! It's like Dynasty Warriors. It is. It is my Dynasty Warriors. Aww. I can't wait to get e even stupider fucking weapons. Half the weapons are deliberately useless. Like, half the fun of the game is figuring out whether or not a weapon is even any use. Like, one of the first things I got was uh, a weapon called, and they always give you this uh, early on in EDF, it's a noob trap, kind of, is the tortoise missile. They call okay. it that because it moves like a fucking tortoise. It's so slow that it might literally never hit the target if the monster moves quickly enough. And it'll chase them around potentially forever. It takes eight seconds to log to lock on. What is that noise? That's a, a dog eating. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. I was, I was like, like, what is that? Is that the dog eating food? Oh, okay. It, this, it takes eight seconds to lock on with this fucking thing. The missile moves at about three miles an hour. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, another one was like, they give you early on a really powerful grenade with a 10 second fuse. So you toss a bunch out and then you run towards the enemies and realize there was actually a grenade there and it kills you instantly. Because <laughs> it has too long a fucking fuse on it. The game is dumb. It's dumb on every possible level. And I love it for that. It's the and stupidest game. And yeah. Purchased. And it has work completely functional, two-player online co-op on PC. And actually, the port, it runs fine. It's basic enough. You know, it's a really basic, I've never ported anything to uh, PC because I'm from Japan game. Mm. Uh, and really, honestly, like, to their credit, bear in mind, they actually have never done that. They did a fairly good job. <laughs> like, it works. It runs at 60... 
It's stable. Um, it, you can rebind keys in it, which is more than I can say for most. It, it doesn't break. It seems like it's not buggy. It looks like shit, because every EDF game does. Because it looks like uh, the game was released two generations past on consoles. It literally looks like a PS2 game. But it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter, because it's so much fun and it's so stupid. And I love that game. As long as it's fun. That's what matters. It is. It's just, it's a barrel of janky, messy, fucking Bullshit. dumb fun. Bullshit fun. Yeah. And install. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, EDF, Earth Defense Force 4.1. It actually has a significant launch discount of 30% as well. Don't worry about the DLC. It's mostly like, it's literally DLC where you can have your tank painted up with anime girls on it. Like, Go you don't, on. I don't think Sold. you need that. The Gigantus Tank Bullet Girl Markings, $2 right now in the marketplace. Mm, tank waifu. Indeed. <laughs> you can have, there's a couple of decent, like, we <clears throat> like, weird weapons you can buy, but outside of that, it's mostly just stupid skins. And, and besides, it's more fun to collect the weapons in-game anyway, because you never know what dumbass weapon they're going to give you next. So, EDF, the best worst game. I'm so glad it finally made it to PC. I'm so happy. And it's currently top seller on Steam. Everyone else realizes the best worst game too. They get it. Yep, I get it. I see it. You get it. You're a Dynasty Warriors player. You definitely get it. You'll oh, understand. I, I am. I've already, once you said it was co-op, I was like, Yes. I already know how to play this game. Yep. Absolutely. I, I can't shit. wait till I get the levels, uh, especially in co-op, where you have the vehicles, because the vehicles get increasingly stupider. It's... Oh, Perfect. God, it's going to be wonderful. Perfect. Can't <laughs> wait. Cannot wait. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the news, what there is of it, and we'll cover the releases, as well as incessantly plug our projects, because we love ad revenue. So please, yeah. by all means, watch. It's what we need to pay our rent. So please, please. <laughs> You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast for the final hour or so of the show. Now, news. That should be fairly easy. We have a literal news editor for a website on the show with I us. Know, I think that, right? that makes things way easier. Like, what is the news, huh? Well, I'm told. <laughs> what, what is a news, exactly? What is? What is... It is from future. Ah. It is from future. The best Actually, it's news. from the past. Oh, okay. Well, that's less interesting. I know. We'll deal with it. So there are a couple of little topics that uh, were, was were, that were brought up certainly uh, that we can dive into. First of which, the depressing story of Battleborn's three-month transition into a humble bundle uh, might be one of them. Uh, oh my! So now would be a great time to pick up so Battleborn. <laughs> I feel so bad for this game. Like Jesus, what happened here? I, well, yeah. the lack of checkpoints happened. That that definitely doesn't help. Having played the single player in co-op and run up against some fairly frustrating <laughs> missions uh, in that game, we uh, wasn't it. Uh, I think it was us Dodger that was trying to do the uh, the mission with the the robot that had all of the knowledge in it. Yeah. In the yeah, forest. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck that mission and fuck the lack <laughs> of checkpoints in that mission. Uh, I was enjoying yeah. this, the co-op quite a lot until that mission, and I don't think we ever beat it because it was a giant nightmare. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we did. I don't think we ever... I never did. Maybe you did it another time, but... I don't think that was the... We worked the, hard. We tried. We tried. 
and we got screwed over by that. But I, I think that was a mi- one of a myriad of reasons as to why this game is clearly <laughs> not done very well. I, yeah. They were reporting good sales on launch, but mm-hmm. the player base has tanked significantly since then. I mean, it's actually on an evolve level of losing players. Already? Uh, Fuck. Yeah, they're, they're at around 1,000 concurrent at peak time now and dropping, which is not good, especially for a AAA title three months after release or so. You know what I would love to know? I would love to know the statistics of Battleborn versus Battleborn Tap. Oh, because you're still playing Battleborn Tap on I mobile, aren't you? Still, will if I have a mindless moment, we'll be like, yeah, I'll open up Battleborn Tap, grab some currency, see if I can level anybody up. No? All right, cool. And then I'll close it. I feel like there are probably a lot of people who still just like pop open Battleborn Tap and don't play Battleborn. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that even on console, it offers a split screen option. It does. But it can't handle it. Yeah. Like, I played with my son. He's He really was into it. And we played and we sat there. We ran into the same checkpoint problem. But uh, it starts to chug. Like, yeah. it really chugs. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not a good sign that it's in a humble bundle three months out. That's... No, and this is not the first discount it's had either. You know, it was actually, it got its price cut to 40 pretty soon after release. And I think we know why that is. Yeah. You know, begins with an O, ends in an H. Um, that, that had quite a lot to do with that. Which, I never understand the complaints about the price for Battleborn because it offers content-wise way more than Overwatch. It does have a single-player campaign. It does have full co-op. Yeah. It offers a lot more than Overwatch does, so it's totally justified for it to be priced at that point. But evidently, people did not agree with that assessment because they it's didn't int- buy it. Um, Battleborn and Overwatch made me think a lot about uh, the difference between being able to say, this makes no sense, they're nothing alike, one is a MOBA, one isn't, Yeah. versus just accepting that for whatever reason... When people look at the two games, they see similarities and they choose one. They do. Yeah. It's this advent of character hero shooters. You've got that. You've got Battleborn. You've got Overwatch. You've got Paladins. You've got um, Quake Champions is coming out. was announced at E3. And uh, I'm sure Breakers like, has that. Yep. I mean, there's uh, Paragon, which is a MOBA, but also at the same time, people weren't really sure about whether it's it was a bit a third person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, I think that this huge push for the, these hero-based shooters, you know, people, first of all, Battleborn, you're right. I mean, it kind of, that, that the competitive mode they showed first was very much a MOBA. Yeah. And then they were like, well, it's not a MOBA. It's like, well, everything you showed us was a MOBA, but you're saying it's not a MOBA. Perception is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it is basically a MOBA. You know, a MOBA can mean pretty much anything, but in the... The standard kind of state of what a MOBA is, yeah, it's it is very MOBA-ish. There's no doubt. It's interesting that they try to avoid those comparisons because I think that in doing that, they may have almost signed their own death warrant. Because I think they try to dodge those comparisons for one reason, and that's because anything that tries to compete with League loses, mm-hmm. unless your name is Dota Two. You know, you, you try and make a game. Oh God, I mean, you know, a list of games that got fucked over by that. Dawngate. <sighs> DC, uh, the DC games, Infinite uh, Crisis, yep. um, Sin, the, the, Sins of a Dark Age, Middle Earth, uh, Guardians of Middle Earth, yep. which only lasted as long as it did, really, because it was like the first console MOBA, as it were. Mm-hmm. So it had a market there, but on PC, yep. it was stillborn. It never got anywhere. 
and, and a bunch of other games that I probably don't even know about. So I think they tried to dodge that comparison because they didn't want to fall, you know, have, suffer the same fate. And yet by doing that, they suffered the fate of being compared to Overwatch instead and releasing in the same, basically the same month as Overwatch and well, sharing and, and Blizzard, the same limelight with it. And Blizzard definitely made moves to crush They Battle do that. Board. They do yeah. that. They, I mean, it's not the first time they've done it. They did it with uh, they do it with almost all of their betas and expansion launches as well. They they aggressively uh, place their launch dates around other MMOs and competition. That's the thing they do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it didn't. The game didn't do much to help itself either. And I mean, a lot of people were talking about like you know, the way it looked and visually it was just a cluster fucking awesome. But even the just the menu system was a mess. Mm-hmm. The menus were atrocious. And then adding in all these different, uh, like like the different levels of currency and the things you can buy and purchase and change and add and you have to unlock this to get to this and this. Overwatch is just simpler. It's simpler and cleaner and people get it. It's yeah. not overthought. And I feel like uh, Battleborn just tried to be a lot to like everyone. It tried to like, we will fit every need you have in our gaming world and it's just like overthought is a great word that you use there actually i never really considered that as a way to describe battlebond but come to think of it you are kind of right to me it was attractive because it has so much stuff in there it's like so many characters and you can build them in different ways not only with equipment but with skills but you can also unlock additional skills through the mutation system and there's all these different game modes that have a bunch of sub objectives to me that's really attractive to the majority of people, it was probably a big turnoff. Well, it's that it's that uh, study they've done since the beginning of time where if you give people a few options, they're cool with it. They're like, oh, I like choice. But if you give them too many options, they like lose their mind because they can Analysis can't. paralysis. Yeah. Ah, just, there you go. That's on. a good term. I like that. And, and I think Overwatch nails that simplicity of you have some choice, but it's, it's very clean, simple choice. It's a clear-cut choice of what you're going to play. Uh, Battleborn was just like, visual stimuli overload choice overload it gave me so much into an average player that's it's like too much and when people see that screen i know i immediately when i saw the like main menu screen was just like what the fuck and had to go through like (laughs) go through everything and try to figure it out because i didn't know i still don't know half of what you can do in battleborn admittedly i was like i don't okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. I have to admit, I don't like the fact that you had to unlock characters in it either. That was that was dumb. Uh, I never like it when they do that in games to begin with. Uh, I think that it was probably super harmful in Battleborn because people probably saw a character they liked the look of, like uh, the penguin, for instance. There was a lot of mm-hmm. it's quite a bit of hype yeah, around the penguin. Yeah, Toby. He's like, hey, it's a penguin in a mech. That's that's really cool. I want to play him. Yeah, play him. Oh, he's oh. he's locked. I've got to play a bunch of other shit that I didn't like as much in order to get him. That that's not good. That puts people off. Um, and I think. The fact that it, it was a clusterfuck visually. It's better now. You know, they patched it and they improved things a lot. But mm-hmm. it was unwatchable on YouTube and Twitch. Like, whenever I played it, people complained. It's like, which sucked because I was playing a game I really enjoyed. But people complained. Now, I actually don't necessarily blame them because it was a, a colorful, blurry mess. You know, it was even hard while playing to distinguish a lot uh, what was going on on the screen. For the viewer, it's not an impossible. And you've got to consider how viewable a game is these days because a lot of the marketing and the 
sustained purchase that goes into a game like this goes into it because people are playing Absolutely. it. It's present in their mind. It's part of the current streaming or YouTube culture. That drives a lot of sales these days. And Battleborn suffered the opposite. Every time anyone looked at it, they're like, oh God, I can't tell what's going on. Why would I want to buy this? Well, I want to I go back to what you're saying about the characters. The characters they gave you to start out of all the characters in the game, I think were the blandest. They were. Out of all the characters they gave that you could play in that game, the ones they gave you to start with were the most boring characters, yes. at least to me. I think I, don't think I didn't get. They force you to do the tutorial. That's on Melka. The character Mel Melka that you play in the tutorial. You don't get. You don't have. And she's yes. great. Like, she's a great character. She yeah, is. that made no fucking sense. It's like, oh, great. They taught us how to play this character through the 45-minute fucking opening tutorial level, which is way too fucking much, by the way. And then you don't give it to us. We have to unlock her later. What the shit? And you're right. Like, the, the, I think the selection of characters at the uh, start being boring was a deliberate design decision because they didn't want to confuse people. But I'm yeah. sorry, like, fucking Thorn and uh, characters like that, I had no interest in playing those characters. I wanted to play Toby or the fucking luchador wrestler or the depressed homicidal robot brain in a box with a giant shield yes. thing. Because they have a really cool lineup of characters. And they made none of them available initially. <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, I and and this was my takeaway from the game. I really enjoyed playing ranged characters, but every time I tried to play a melee character, I felt like the feedback wasn't very good. Am I hitting? Am I not hitting? How much damage am I doing? You know, am I within range? Am I not within range? Am I making contact? Um, all of those things contributed to me never wanting to touch a melee character, even though some of the melee characters had some cool abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had some issues with one of them where, you know, I think it was the guy, the, the, I, I keep, I never remember a name. I just call her the teenage detective, uh, whose ability involved grabbing the Shane. enemy. Yeah. And pulling, yeah, Shane, pulling, pulling them towards him. And it more often than not, the enemy would be pulled behind me. And I was like, fuck, now keeping track of him, I've got to turn around, and there's so many particle effects going on everywhere. And for a game that does have quite a lot of melee characters, you can't have that level of visual obfuscation and mm -hmm. incoherence. Mm. It becomes a nightmare. Melee in fast-moving games like that is difficult at the best of times, keeping track of people. In that game, it was very difficult to play the melee characters, and it was a giant pain in the ass as a result. Um mm. I, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. That game is flawed in many ways, but I loved it anyway because mm -hmm. it did it did things that most games didn't. And I have played so many fucking video games. And whenever a video game does something significantly new and tries something different, I'm interested. And then all of those games tend to fucking die and fail. It's like, and I, I like those flawed gems. I wanted to overlook the flaws because of the originality aspect. Brink was a fucking prime example of a game Here. like that. I loved Brink. I was happy to say that I really liked Brink. It was one of my favorite shooters that year. People fucking hated it because there of- big, And there were big problems with the game. Like you couldn't yes. switch characters so that- there were. Even if you switched classes, you didn't have the right build because you could have three characters on each side. And But- um. To your point, though, about Battleborn, could we see down the road it get the Evolve treatment? It, I have no doubt it's getting the Evolve treatment. I'm just wondering yeah. when they're going to pull the trigger. I think they're going to pull the trigger I mean, when I they sell as many copies. Yeah, it's going to have to happen pretty soon because they just humble bundled it for 15 bucks. You know, that's a quarter of the price it was three months ago. They're probably going to hit a few more big, bucks. big discount sales on it. 
and then they're probably going to free to play it. Well, but let's also be yeah. So here's here's what I've heard from developers who sell on Humble. You expect even if you're in that top tier that your takeaway from a single copy sold of a game in a Humble bundle is one dollar. That's you. That's what you expect to take home because the law charities, the humble, the humble, humble cut. Tip. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, if you want to give them some, uh, and it's split amongst all the developers. Yeah. In no, this case, the bundle is a two K bundle, so it's it's all the from the that publisher. So right, but that gets get allocated more, but... on the books across yes. all the different titles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you, you but, don't make a lot of money on Humble Bundle, I'm afraid. Like, uh, as much as people seem to think otherwise, it's often where, you know, <laughs> the argument has been made, that's why games go to die. You know, once it's been Humble Bundled, it, it kills the value of the title long term. Some people make that argument. I don't know if there's actually any real proof of that statistically, yeah. but it makes sense. I, I mean, in I a game like this, the, the idea must be let's beef up the player base. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's primarily a multiplayer game. Yeah, it has single player and co-op, but they need a healthy player base. Monetized. There is there is in-game currency you can purchase in order to unlock. Uh, there is now. Yeah. yeah. They introduced microtransactions like two months after the game came out. Mm -hmm. um, it's just for skins for the most part, but... You can't use those coins to, per to unlock characters? Uh, I don't know. I haven't... I actually I haven't played probably in about a month. I haven't played since they implemented the microtransactions, so... Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if you can or cannot do that now. But fuck, I mean, they're supposed to have five pieces of DLC, which are like character DLC and missions. They've only got one out, and the game's already, like, mm -hmm. tumbling in popularity. So, I don't know. I mean, I hope this gives it a temporary boost. I do like playing it now and again. I'd, I'd like to play some more of it. It's definitely better now. They've dealt with a lot of the visual clutter, but I have a feeling that it's going to... Um, going to fail, uh, at least until free-to-play kicks in for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, but fuck the comparisons to Overwatch. God, there are, I'm sorry, there are times when the player, the gamers are just so goddamn simplistic in their comparisons and it bothers me a lot. It does. Because they're not the same fucking game. They were never the same fucking game. Um... Alright, well that's that. That's a bit depressing. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else we've got on the depressing front. There's probably quite a few others. The, uh, the, the Nintendo Mini... That's what I was going yes. to yeah. uh, I don't know if I find this depressing, but it I find it to be completely Nintendo in every way. Because they they have done, more so than any other company, I think, reselling their old games in 5,000 different forms is the speciality of Nintendo. Not to mention putting, putting a value or a price tag on games that are so ancient that I think a lot of people have literally no issue just downloading a ROM and playing them on an emulator and don't feel bad about it. <laughs> Uh, but in this case, what they've done is they've announced the Nintendo Classic Mini, which is a it's a mini NES. At least it looks like a mini NES. It's got 30 games in it. You can't buy any more for it. Yes, Dodger? Sorry, you were waving your hand. I assumed you wanted to say something. Sorry, I was talking, but I was muted. Oh, um, okay then. What? <laughs> <laughs> really? the, uh, the lid doesn't open and it can't connect to the internet. So what I heard was they're going to release a new one where, you act, where it has an open lid and the only way you can turn it on is by blowing it. Perfect. That gives you the full experience. Also, I'm full of shit. <laughs> Dodge is confused. It's, it's the cartridge it blowing reference. Uh, that would be the full experience. But yeah, I mean, it's 
It's got an HDMI cable, which is hilarious. Uh, and it's got 30 built-in games. You're not going to be able to get any others for it. It's powered by a USB cable. It comes with one classic mini NES controller, and it's sixty dollars. So basically, you get in the system and thirty games, effectively, you know, two bucks a game if you don't count the cost of the system. I mean, to me, it's a a cute little Christmas gift for somebody. <clears throat> this is not the first time this is done. Like, I think a couple of years ago, I bought like a, a mini uh, Mega Drive or Genesis for my brother, which was the same principle. It was like. It's got 30 Mega Drive games on it for like $30 or whatever. And it's got a kind of clone of the original controller. I don't even know if it was officially endorsed. I think it was an official Sega product. I think it was, but never mind. But there's been so many of those. And when you mentioned it earlier, Atari has done that 5,000 times as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think what's interesting about this one from maybe a crystal ball perspective is that if you look at the connector on the uh on the controller it's not a usb controller no it's not it, it it's the same kind of plug that plugs into a wii remote yes so it's essentially and you can use they're selling the additional controllers for 10 bucks or you can use a classic controller that was available with the wii and plug it in the question is then is this some kind of foreshadowing for whether the nx will continue to use that spec huh I never thought of it that way. It's it's definitely possible. I mean, it's not obviously. There's no direct line that can be drawn, but I think it's interesting that that's the that's the plug that they or the connector they they chose to use for this. Yeah, it might hmm. be just one of those like we got it lying around. Might as well use them parts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it, I'm. I think I enjoy the choice of games they selected. I like the cute quality of it. It's like this little tiny baby thing, and you can just put it on like next to your TV. I like all that stuff, but it does continue the trend of Nintendo being like, yo, remember when? It's like, ah, oh, Nintendo, I love you so much, but oh my God. <laughs> like, let's have a, like, like, make NX good, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't stop reselling you. Past, but... And, and here's the thing I'm totally buying one. And I'm making my yeah. kids sit down and I'm making them play every single one of those damn games. <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna play Mega Man 2, and I'm not telling you the right order. You figure it out. You're gonna um, play Ninja Ninja Gaiden is on there. <laughs> yes, it is. And you will learn to hate birds. I'm not gonna tell you why, but you will hate birds. Oh god, Castlevania 2's on there as well. Fuck. They uh, will be in a land of misery. Yeah. Castlevania 2 gave me nightmares as a kid. I was scared to play that game when it became night. I had a prom. What a well, terrible a horrible night for a curse. I, yeah, I had a prom with it. That is, yeah, it's all the games on there. You're just like, all right, I, I get it. I get why all these are on here. They all sort of like are what core, like core 30 something gamers. Like this is the world we lived in. Enjoy. Yeah. Like I get it and I love it. I am just like, all right, cool. I love the announcement, but let's have more. Like I always want more from Nintendo. I'll never not want more. And how I is the best? How is um, uh, what was the name? The the Wizards and Warriors. How is Wizards and Warriors not on there? I don't know. Do they put Ghosts and Goblins on there? Yes, they did. Oh god. Well, so I mean, I can understand, but but Dad, why do the why do they disappear if I walk over this way? Yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask questions. The, the answer is shut up, don't you casual. <laughs> but you know, so here's um, a Minecraft ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not a zombie bed. 
I, I mean, I think it's neat. Um, you know, I definitely, I guess my biggest question about is Tech Mobile is on there. So how are they going to handle the player licensing? Are they just going to wipe the player names off it? Oh my God. I hope they don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the terrible. Great. I want that. Yeah. All these things I'm like, the problem is these are games that I'll play maybe once or twice and maybe Mega Man 2 I'll beat because I, I know how to beat that. Yeah. But I don't know the longevity of me. It's there for just the simplicity of like, I have it. I own this silly thing. And if I wanted to, I could play it. But I don't know that I'll play it a bunch. I, like, I, is it a shelf item is the question. Is it a game system or is it a shelf item? I think it's a, a shelf item. Fun. Like, I, th I think oh. it'll be like <clears throat> making something that looks like a classic NES that's smaller, uh, that just plays a few games. It's a, it's a little collector's piece. And it's a little Christmas gift, I think. As you mentioned, like, you know, it is a family. It's a fairly cheap family thing mm -hmm. uh, as to whether or not you can get kids these days to actually play games that old. That's a different matter entirely, but... It's like, like, fuck you, dad. Give me my iPhone. Wow, these games are so retro. Love it. Yeah. Is that how kids speak these days? Love it. So fetch. I've never speak to children. It's hella cool. <laughs> life is Strange is not a good simulation of maybe it is, actually. I don't know. I wouldn't have, have really any is. idea. I have a 12 year old girl, and people are like, oh, the, line, the, you know, the dialogue isn't realistic. I'm like, Yes. It is. <laughs> and it's it, hella realistic. Yeah. Hella real. So if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. Hella real. Go <laughs> yeah. fuck yourself. -da. <laughs> All right. So that's that. Um, oh, my God. Another pointless piece of hardware that's being released. Uh, the release date for the Xbox One S it has yes. been released. Oh. Yes. The smaller yeah, one. Sort of. Like, remember when they announced the price? Yeah. Yeah. That model's not coming out on August 2nd. August 2nd is for the, hey, you got money? Yeah, oh, you are. What? Yeah, it's only, the, it's only the big one. Only the, like, the two terabyte, terabyte one. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> Business. Sneaky, Business. Sneaky bastard. Yeah. Business. Yeah, and the two terabyte one is what the, is that the $400 one? Yes. Yeah. And then the Gears one is 450 Of course it is. <laughs> but it also comes with the game and the season pass. So it's, the game of the season pass is valued at a hundred dollars, four fifty. You're getting, you're saving fifty bucks by bundling them. Yeah, Plus, except for the fact that you also have to buy a new console, which doesn't actually do anything that the other one didn't already. Outside no, but it of does, the... it, has a, it has a 4K Blu-ray player and does HDR, whatever that means. Hey, if I only had a 4K TV, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. What percentage? So I, I just want to know what percentage of the uh, the population has 4K TV. That is a great question. I wonder well, if Google can tell me. It's not a lot. It's single digits still, I think. Yeah. Every commercial's like, yo, get 4K. Get... I think people learned way back when, when they were trying to pitch 1080 and, and every... no one's TV could like handle 1080. Like you go back 10 years or so and they're like, everybody was 720. the new thing. And everyone's like, My... <laughs> everything I'm watching doesn't even fit that screen. So now they're yeah. like, 4K is the new thing. What are you going to watch on TV that's going to fit your 4K? Like, it... no one. There's not no. enough content yet to even justify porn. it. Porn. 4K <laughs> porn is that's too that's too close. I And I who watches porn on a giant what? 70 inch screen in their family living room? Like if I mean, my kids. Porn, yeah, I don't need I don't need to see everything porn. I just need 
smear some some uh, Vaseline, Vaseline on that camera lens. Yeah. I don't want to see it. I feel like we're having this conversation like ten like ten years ago. We all had this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's too much. Anything. I don't want to see it anymore. Too much. No more. There is just <laughs> like there's just a lack of content at this point. Like I I haven't even thought about upgrading to 4K yet. And I'm just like, look, my 1080p television is fine. Like, all content's delivered in that. There's a few series on Netflix you can watch in 4K, and that's fine. But I'm just like, I don't feel the need to upgrade my entire television, especially, like, to get a, you know, I'd probably want a good one. You know, stuff like the uh, the OLED 4K TVs are, like, $4,500. Yeah, like, they're not they're not priced reasonably yet. No. And then the Scorpio is going to come out next year, and people are going to be like... Again, I left that... for. Yes, I left that damn announcement like, wait, so is the S, the, what the shit? Like, I, I don't even know. Mm, yeah, it's... I was in the room and I have no clue what it is. That that torpedoed the announcement of the S immediately, at least for any, like, hardcore gamer, I think, which would mm-hmm. be the kind of people that were watching that. You know, fine, okay, you do little hardware refreshes, you make a slimmer version of, of a console, that happens, that happens a lot. Um, and obviously, if you're a new adopter of the Xbox One, then yeah, might as well buy an S. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's what the Xbox One S is for. It's for the people that are getting into it. It's like, might as well. Absolutely, the weird thing yeah. is that they're marketing the initial one, again, with like stuff like the Gears bundle. You'd be thinking, well, that's for people who already own one, isn't it? And you're trying to convince them to get the slightly slimmer, slightly nicer version. And to be fair, mm-hmm. some people do that. They totally do that. Uh, but I don't think it's going to shift that many units until the cheaper versions come out. And I think the other one is $300 for the 500 gig hard drive version. Which is fine. Yeah, that, yeah I mean, they still, they still require an external hard drive if you want to expand the space. Yeah, you can't upgrade the hard drive very easily, yeah. can you? No, PS4, you can change the, the innards. Xbox One, you have to use an external. Lovely. And external hard drives are slow as fuck, if you already realized. Oh my god, I found my very first external hard drive in my closet the other day. How big was it? Was it like... It's this big. It's huge. Is it an an internal in an enclosure or is it a full on external? It's a full on external and it's a hundred like, or it's, I think maybe two gig, three gig. It's like, wow. Yeah. Huge. And has no space. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Technology's got weird. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I got this giant two gig hard drive. I'm like, yeah, here's a micro SD card that takes 64. (laughs) Crazy. Hey, hey, Dad, what's a zip drive? Let's get a jazz drive, man. You get a gig on them. (laughs) The first computer I ever made was, I was like, yo, I have to have a zip drive up in this shit or it ain't even good. (laughs) (laughs) Garbage was that. Yeah, I got an external jazz drive. I'm like, wow, a gig space. I'll never fill that. (laughs) And then realized also how fucking slow it was to actually access data. Oh, my God. Terrible. Oh, dear. Yeah, so that's that. Any any other news that's popped up? I think yeah, there's a couple things out of uh, Star Wars Celebration. I think we know what's going on with Battlefront through the end of its DLC cycle. Yeah. Uh, assuming you know, anyone still fall, plays that. Assuming anybody still plays it. Uh, the Death Star, Chewbacca and Bosk are the two heroes. Uh, the big news, though, is that uh, the last DLC will actually be tied to Rogue One. Oh. It will not be tied to the original movie. So Scarif, which is one of the planets, one of the new planets in Rogue One, is uh, where the last DLC will be set. Yo, was that that beach planet, though? Yeah, I, th- I believe it was the beach was planet. beach planet, though? It was. They're going on a vacation. Not to the mountains. They can, they can literally just keep showing me 
pictures of stormtroopers at the beach, and I'd be like, I'm so excited! <laughs> Comb the beach. Hot? Are they hot? Are they too warm? Are they okay? They don't they don't, they're soldiers there to go swimming. <laughs> they don't give a shit. I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with them actually, actually now being like, hey, remember when we said we weren't going to do anything that was new? We're going to try something new. Like, thank you. It's about yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from their perspective, they'll probably say, well, it's not technically the new movies because it takes place in the original trilogy continuity. But yeah, okay, whatever. Um, yes, it's new. New stuff. Um, I don't think, did we hit, I, I think we started with Battleborn, so we didn't hit that, uh, the Overwatch, the new Overwatch character, Anna. Yes, Anna. yes. That just got implemented within the last hour, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. um, the... So the patch was being tested on the PTR for the last week. The new hero, Anna, who is Granny Sniper, has... She loves old lady candy. She loves oh, old lady She candy. loves old lady candy. I can't believe Bobby. you got those props. If you eat all of you're going to spoil your dinner. <laughs> I, saw a, I saw a comic that was posted about Anna giving Diva old lady candy. Went out and bought old lady candy for the office. I'm not... Amazing. I'm not sure if it's okay for Blizzard to be giving even a tacit endorsement to uh, Gremlin Diva as a thing. I'm not sure that's all right. I, I hope there are a million Gremlin Divas at BlizzCon this year. I hope every Diva is a Gremlin Diva. I hope there are no regular if you show up in just like a form-fitting bodysuit you're not even trying anymore don't worry you, i don't oh, think there's all that many people going to blizzcon you need that have the, the sharp for that. teeth you need the oh my god the little sharp teeth <laughs> god i yes. hate all of you no i need there to be, I need to be hot sexy divas so that i can photobomb them otherwise it's not as fun <laughs> if you photobomb a gremlin diva she'll eat your face yeah that's true that's true <laughs> Well, I have, it's got to be the other way around. There'll be so many gremlin divas that it'll be the hot divas that are photobombing the gremlin divas. Like, oh. gremlin diva photoshot 10 of them, and it's like, aha, I'm real divas. Like, you're ruining it. God damn it. <laughs> oh, uh, so, yeah, that, that happened today, which was pretty neat. But I think that also brings all the changes that we were waiting for from PTR also. So all the big yes. diva changes are actually Yeah, the diva changes, uh, which is oh, great because diva is one of my favorite characters, but I will admit she's not really as competitive as a lot of the others. I mean, actually, they buffed two characters that I like in this one. Um, they buffed Zinyata, who is my mm -hmm. favorite healer. He's um, fast. Yeah, he's much better now, so I'm going to be happy to play more Zinyata. And they buffed Diva, who, again, is one of my favorite tanks, but she's not really that great. So and hopefully Mobile Watch! Mobile Watch. Mobile Watch. That's right. Isn't Mobile Watch already in? Like, isn't that just a, that's a weekly... Brawl no, thing, right? but now it's uh, this is the new patch to change that competitive mode. You can only have one character out on the field at a time. Yes, but wasn't the mobile watch the idea that you can never switch? Right, but th I, that was that was me just saying they've added that oh, okay. aspect. All right, that makes sense. Pick yeah. one person to competitive mode, which literally is the best thing they've ever done to change competitive mode <laughs> to date. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, it's like, yeah, all right, here's sudden death. And the enemy team goes like five Winstons. They're like, fuck, all right, well, we lost. Yeah, like, you could it's like a it. Toblerone parade. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you just, it's, this nails it. So I'm thrilled. It doesn't negate, like, you can switch between stuff. It just, oh, it just makes it so much better for competition. So my hat off to them for mm -hmm. nailing it with this one. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, if you care about Gravity Rush 2, that now has a release date in the United States of December 2nd. I do care about that because the original so, Gravity Rush is great and you should play the remaster version on PS4 because it's even fucking better. That is my plan, in fact. Um, kind of uh, flipping over to uh, a couple of business things. Uh, the co-founder of Playdead, Dino Potty, uh, P-H-E-T-I, not P-O-T-T-Y, um, has left in, in order to, quote, seek new challenges. Uh, so which is surprising the, considering they just finished inside and you think yeah. oh, right, maybe it's stick yeah. around but now i guess he wants to do something else well yeah. isn't that, i mean isn't that the same idea of uh when levine left after uh Bioshock uh, Bioshock? yeah, yeah. Like, well that's a little different because they sh- transitioned the whole company I guess you're right. There was background stuff going but we don't know what's going on background with these guys either so maybe sure. there's something sure. absolutely um, it is not. I mean, I, yeah, I, I actually was not being fair there at all. It is actually reasonably common to see once a project is done for people to leave and go and try out something else because mm-hmm. they just want to stick around to finish the project. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's notable here because he's the co-founder as yeah. opposed to someone just in charge of that project. But yeah, um, I think kind of the big news for me, as I you know mentioned at the top of the show, like I follow a lot of business stories. One of the big stories that I've been tracking is uh, what's going on with Vivendi. And it's takeover of Gameloft, and now it's uh, uh. increasing control over Ubisoft. Um, they've increased their voting shares again. It's now 20.2%. Um, the quick rundown, if you haven't been following the story, uh, the Guimau family uh, founded Gameloft. They founded Thrustmaster, um, and they founded Ubisoft. And Vivendi, which is also a French company, um, uh, initiated and completed a hostile takeover of Gameloft earlier this year, uh, which caused the ouster of Michel Guimot, who was the CEO of that company. They have also been buying up stock um, from existing investors at a premium uh, from Ubisoft. So uh, they've been what they've been initiating what's called creeping control. So they haven't been made they haven't made an official offer for the company. They've been slowly increasing their voting shares, and now they've said they want a seat on the board and come September, it'll be interesting to see whether or not Ubisoft has found a strategic partnership or a merger uh, in order to kind of close the door on Vivendi or if there will be Vivendi representation on the Ubisoft board. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. It's a very least acquiring companies in a very sneaky way. Yeah. Um, there's a whole kind of, there, there's, there's many layers and many levels to this whole thing. Uh, but Vivendi is essentially a French company. And the reason it was able to take over Gameloft is because Gameloft is largely a French company. Uh, it will not have that same ease with Ubisoft because Ubisoft has locations all over the world. It's got a huge North American presence. It's got a huge presence in Asia um, and the rest of Europe as well. So it's this has been a very cool situation to watch, a very scary one for Ubisoft because their independence is at stake. Uh, and Vivendi is not really letting them go uh, easily. So... That was today's thing because Ubisoft had its earnings call today. But they had a great oh. quarter, so that's going to make it harder for Vivendi. Interesting. Cool. I love I love listening. I love reading about hostile takeovers, even though they're awful. <laughs> it's very Eve. Very, very Eve, Eve yes. To it. You're just yeah. like, oh, this is... There's some shady shit going on. It's Except juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Space battles, it's pretty much the same. 
Yeah, exactly. So only you don't have to feel bad about it because it's giant faceless corporations instead of like individual people that are getting screwed over. Ex yeah. yeah. Ignore all the people that get screwed over when things like this yeah, happens. Yeah. No, it's just corporations. <laughs> it's fine. Corporations aren't made of people. No, no, no. They're no, made of no. people. Um, and then I think kind of the, the biggest thing that's happened in the gaming world uh, in the past week is Pokemon Go. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Taylor Swift, but okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Taylor and Kim, and then Kim recorded the. And then they both no. caught a Charizard. Yeah, and they both caught a Charizard. But uh, Kim said that she caught it herself. And then Taylor. Ah, so that's what happened. All right. Yeah. And it turns uh, out that Michelle Obama actually caught both of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But someone else was taking credit for catching them. Live on Twitch. <laughs> um. You know, uh, what's interesting is, you know, Pokemon Go has is, is been a fascinating thing to watch in mainstream media. It's been fascinating to watch everybody talking about it and playing it and all the, the kind of the flash mobs without them actually being flash mobs uh, showing up like in Central Park in areas of Chicago. Like all of a sudden you've got rare Pokemon showing up and people and that happened. But on the flip side is we've seen all these cautionary tales show up. We've got I wrote about two guys who walked off a cliff. While trying to catch Pokemon, no. Yeah, they were in, they were in uh, they were in California and they they climbed over a fence and then one of them fell seventy five to one hundred feet. Which is why you don't climb over fences that say "Don't climb over the fucking fence." Yep. It's like um, it's like when I was watching QI and they were like, "What is the number one cause of modern day car accidents?" And at the time, it was people following their GPS when the GPS was wrong mm. and just like turning somewhere they weren't supposed to turn or going straight when they couldn't go straight and would just like run into shit. <laughs> I feel like those people Use are- your common sense, please. Driving, be aware of the road. Like, what is this? Well, they were catching Pokemon at the time. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's no point in blaming the game for people's natural stupidity. You know? Absolutely. Because if it wasn't Pokemon Go, it would be something fucking else, you know? If people die while texting while driving all the time, while on Facebook or all that kind of thing. Um, it makes a great, I guess, clickbaity news story to talk about all the negatives of Pokemon Go, but really, it's just a demonstration of the negatives of people who are dumb and don't pay attention oh, to what yeah. they are. I mean, I made a big joke. I covered that story, but I made a big joke out of it. Yeah. Like, it was... It was, you know, and my philosophy on, on covering stuff like that is we want to cover stories that help people who want to play the game. So when T-Mobile said, if you use our, you know, T-Mobile Tuesdays app, you can get free Pokemon Go data for a year. It's like, okay, that's a good, that's a good pairing. Like, we're going to, we're going to mention that. Um, when you've got people who are doing this or people who were um, being lured out to Pokestops and then held up at gunpoint. Like, yes, and that didn't work out very well for them, I recall, because they kept doing it. They yeah, because they're stupid. Locations, like idiots. It's like, yeah, the police might notice if you keep doing this. It's I like, don't know. that's you why hi highway robbers don't really exist anymore. You can't hold up with a stagecoach and a pair of flintlock pistols and say your money or your life. It doesn't work very well right. if you keep doing it in the same place. You think you're smart. You think you're smart, and you're smarter than that. But I was. Dodger and I were with a group of YouTubers out on a dark beach in the middle of the night, and people would just run off into the darkness like, there's a Pokemon over here. I was like, you're all dead. <laughs> this is how horror movies start. This is not good. Like, let's go out here. They just run out in the middle of no, nowhere. No, it's because we had strength in numbers. 
Nope. Because, because we had strength nope. in numbers. Well, you see some strength in numbers when one of them runs off into the darkness. Yeah. Like, hey, somebody I runs out into the water. Don't worry, my phone's waterproof. You're you're going to die. Wait, was I- it? Were we all together when we saw that guy who was just sitting on the beach with his girlfriend go, "Yo, fuck it, I'm getting that Bulbasaur," and just running into the sea? <laughs> There was, I was like, what are you doing? And why is a Bulbasaur in the sea? The, 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 one, the one guy who was like, had that crusty beard and like three teeth who was like, there's some Mewtwo over there. And yeah. he went off into the darkness and we're like. <laughs> well, also, die. there isn't. It's like, it's like Herbert from Family Guy. Hi, Chris. My house is a Pokestop now. Why <laughs> don't you come inside? That's, it was, we got Mewtwo's. And, and Chowder is out, and there's maybe a Psyduck in, in the pantry. Nope. Mm, that's nope. nice. <laughs> it worries me that I can do that interpretation maybe better than I should. Oh. Mm. But yeah, then you've got people who were shot at. They were at, they like pulled over to the side of the road, and they're out in somebody's yard. And, you know, the lights come on, and uh, these two guys are like, yo, did you get anything? And they're talking about Pokemon, and of course, like the person inside is like, get anything? They must have been inside my house. Start shooting at them. Oh, oh my god. Like, oh. I mean, maybe don't do that, but oh. <laughs> uh, get your I, fat it's, ass uh... back over here. Chris. <laughs> oh, oh god. Wanna play in my gym? That... What happened to us? What's <laughs> Family guy ruined us, <laughs> that's why it, it ruined wanna, everything. You wanna come work out in my gym? <laughs> releases, please. Release the releases. <laughs> Huge. So, mm-hmm. July 19th, we have Basket. What? Basket is a game where you're a basket and you catch balls. Is so it's it? not Buckethead. Actually? It's and it's actually, not Cuphead I, either. I, I was looking this up earlier today because I saw it was like, what the hell is this? It's a game where you're a basket and you catch balls that are thrown at you. Well, really poorly made, but also kind of sexy cheerleaders cheer you on. Well, this right. reminds me of a Nintendo Game & Watch I used to have. Yes, I mean there was. I think half the game of Watch is basically involved doing that, right? Catch <laughs> yeah. this thing for some reason. Also, Mario's in it. Next, <laughs> next is I Am Setsuna, which is a JRPG that just yeah. um, kind of inspired by Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I heard some good things about this. wasn't it, Wasn't this part of the um, Square Enix sort of collective publisher thing? No, this was they founded a new small studio, uh, and it's a really interesting story because they're not actually giving you the names of most of the team they, they oh, okay keep it very indie so it's their their attempt to be big but indie oh okay uh, One and of those. create a throwback rpg like all these indie studios are doing but do it like the way square enix would do it interesting uh, and it's got relatively positive reviews so far mm-hmm. if you're into classic mm-hmm. rpgs like um this may very well be uh, it looks a little uh bravely default it's like kind it of does. cute tiny versions of the yeah there's some cheap in there definitely mm-hmm. it looks nice uh, uh, our style looks good yeah mm-hmm. and it plays really well i played it in preview oh cool cool next uh next game is called hunter's legacy hunter's legacy uh player platform you play as a cat you do a play cat as a cat a fur coat and a bow and arrow and weapons and you're yeah. Also in the description, it says inspired by classics that we grew up playing, which to me is an instant turnoff of any game that (laughs) says that. I don't remember playing that game with the cat with the bow and arrow. No, I don't. don't, Not specifically. Yeah, My memory's not very good, obviously. Oh, God, the SNES. (laughs) 
Next is called Grind Zones. This is a this is all this is truth in advertising right here. It's, this a, is it's a clubbing simulator. It, it to some degree, if you're clubbing monsters at any rate, it is a it's a, like a top down action RPG, which is literally you have to become the strongest hero in the grind zones by grinding for loot and potions and experience. Oh. So it's it's one of those hey we're ironic but not kind hey, of hey grinding is is everybody's favorite part of any game. Yeah, I mean I definitely buy a game that was advertised solely around that. Next. Next is called The Assembly. Uh, this is a first-person interactive story. Mm -hmm. so I mean, it looks gorgeous. Uh, There's a VR version, too. Yes, it's built for VR, uh, although there is a non-VR version as well. So yeah. walking simulator, basically, basically but with a, a mm -hmm. VR version. Yeah, I mean, it's more of like a point-and-click adventure, like a mist type thing. Oh, is thing? it? Cool. Sort of, but there, I mean, there's a dialogue, there's a story. It's... Uh, you play as two different characters, yeah. It's, yes. Each nice. character has its own story, but they're both like morally different from each other, which is kind of cool. It, it looks like there's a lot of polish in it. I, I'm noticing, like, especially over the past uh, couple of weeks, VR has got some really interesting titles. Like, uh, didn't... Oh, what the hell was the name of it? Uh, that uh, that did really well on Steam recently that just came into early access. Uh, raw Data. Yes, Raw Data. That one looks That's like also a, huge, a lot of fun. Huge advancement on what mm -hmm. we've seen so far. Like, yeah, it still like... uses a teleport mechanic. Yeah, uh, I played it at E3, um, but you know, dual wielding, duck behind cover, very cool stuff. I saw someone literally throwing their weapon to somebody else and them failing to catch it and just like falling on the floor and stuff. I'm like, mm -hmm. fucking VR. There are some things you can do in that which are just so cool. Next. Next is called Dub Wars. Yeah, music game that combines the mechanics of a top-down shoot with the power of dubstep and electronic music. Uh, your weapons are synced to the music. That's kind of cool. I mean, this is Beat cool. Hazard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Beat, didn't Beat Hazard do the exact same thing? Because uh, apparently if the music gets calmer, your weapons get less powerful. That's literally Beat Hazard. Uh, although it looks maybe a little bit more advanced than that. But yeah, it looks weapons like it's... So I guess it's basically your weapons only fire during like certain beats slash melodies yeah yeah and when the, when the music gets like more intense your firepower gets more intense that's literally what beat hazard does uh so yeah i don't know if it's going to be any better than beat hazard it might be beat hazard's great by the way you should try it yo it won the taco bell indie game garage winner though just oh thank fuck you know that that's definitely what i look for when uh choosing my next game is with a taco bell approved of it I'm just saying. Next. Uh, next up is called 10 Second Ninja X. Oh, yeah. I remember playing 10 Second Ninja. It was fucking hard. 10 Second Ninja is literally a game where you have 10 seconds to beat the level. Uh, 10 Second Ninja X is apparently the next version of that. Lots of levels. Really fucking hard. A game is really difficult. Uh, the next game is called Malak Dark Demon, which is a game I was actually looking at earlier today. It's a side-scroller where pretty much everything is in silhouette. You're like a little demon dude swinging a sword. Yeah, this cool. game is also like a dollar, which is quite surprising. Yeah. This doesn't actually look too bad. Yeah, it looks like a sort of difficult action platformer with a sort of uh, very gritty art style. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's a dollar. Might as well. Might as well. The next game is called The Eyes of Ara. The Eyes of Ara. Uh, 3D action puzzle game. Looks quite nice. Uh, explore a castle, interact with stuff, find lost treasures. There's puzzles in it. Cool. The next game is called Trapper's Delight. Her, her. Is 
uh, a game where you make traps. Um, yeah, so it, it's a cooperative multiplayer game. You communally try to create a deadly labyrinth and make your friends fall into traps. I mm. uh, see who can actually escape. I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but it sounds interesting enough. I think with the right group, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Next. Uh, next game is called Puppy Dog Jigsaw Puzzles. It's literally puppy puzzles. Great. Next. Next is called The Janitor. <laughs> uh, where you clean up all the puppies. No. No, that's not what it's for at all. The Janitor. This is um, a, a Mike Futter mountain cabin simulator in which you have to oh, clean up the various issues of septic tanks. Uh, <laughs> One one of the screenshots uh, has a whiteboard which literally says "kill me" on it. Um, it it's uh, one of those first-person, cheap first-person horror games, apparently. Uh, And people are mocking the hell out of it right now in Steam reviews. Apparently, it's terrible. So, for two dollars, maybe you wouldn't expect so much. Next, next is Four Chords Guitar Karaoke. I mean, I'm going to assume it's a guitar karaoke game of some sort as to how that actually that works on PC. Is. Yeah, you. Yeah, so it looks like a Rocksmith S game. It's a guitar tutorial. Oh, oh. Hmm. This next <coughs> game, sorry, this next game is called Wondership Q. And okay. I clicked on it. it. It looks very basic. But there are only three reviews, which I didn't realize at first because it says mostly negative. And I was like, Mostly negative already. There's only three reviews. Uh, it looks like Terraria, but you've been turned into a cat. Yeah. For some oh, good. Reason. It was one of those games from our childhood when we had a cat with a bow and arrow. Yeah, I absolutely. Know. I remember those. I have such nostalgia for it. <laughs> the next game is Yario. called... <laughs> yeah. No. The next game is called Ages of Earth Protonovus Assault. So I can actually give you information on this because I randomly picked up Aegis of Earth or Aegis of Earth is the correct pronunciation um, on PS4 and it is it's basically a glorified tower defense game with Mm. weird visual novel elements to it where you have to defend this weirdly circular city from invading alien stuff by building turrets and aiming stuff and you actually the the city consists of several concentric rings that you can rotate in real time hmm. so it's it's not bad um it was very anime though like i think the reason to play the game is actually the story weirdly enough the gameplay hmm. was not what i would pay full price for let me put it that way <laughs> next okay. the next game is also a tower defense game called ranger of the jungle and it's yep. literally just yeah it's fantasy tower defense game. next uh the game after that is earth defense force which we already the talked best about worst game Woo! uh vr disc golf is next I, I i don't think that needs any explanation next yeah next is the agency of anomalies mystic hospital explore mm. haunted military hospitals that's it, literally what it says that's it's the, a it's, hidden object that game. one sounds like a super anime game too uh, it unfortunately is not. It's a hidden object game. Oh. It's published by Big Fish, and no one was yeah. surprised. Next. Machine Made Rebirth is the next game. That's now, is that Made? Game. M-A-I-D? M-A-I-M-A-D-E. Oh, because I was going to say, is this another anime game? It is a RPG maker game. Next. Next is Bomb Slinger. Yo, it looks like Super Bomberman. 
That's probably exactly what it is. A ah, Bomberman-inspired spaghetti western with cats and bows and arrows. With ah. roguelike elements. Why the fucking roguelike <laughs> elements in a Bomberman clone? Why the fuck? Because buzzwords, man, buzzwords. Indeed, yeah, that is true. It's like, oh, let's throw some. Why? <laughs> oh, it's everything with the roguelike elements. God. Next. Next is Empty Horizons. Empty Horizons. Uh, what does that mean exactly? What is, what, is, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is an empty horizon? It's like you try to look at the horizon, but instead you just see the gaping maw of the future. Hello, oh. I am from oh, future. I, I am from future. It's a visual novel. Hello. Next. Next is Copter and Sky. That's July the 20th now. Uh, you control a drone helicopter. Mm. that you could just buy, <laughs> but I assume this is cheaper. Great. To know. Next is Monster's Den, Book of Dread. Book of Dread. I bet this is a hidden object game, isn't it? Book of Dread. Uh, actually not. It's not at all. It almost sounded like one. It looks like a really, really old RPG. Yep. It's a sort of ancient retro-style RPG by the looks of it. All right. The next game... It's called VR Pong, but it's like V-E-E-R. Why? I don't know. Uh, VR Pong. It's probably to probably for trademark purposes. It's because it's beer pong. Oh, no. Ah, stop! Wait, that sounds really fun. It's VR no. beer pong? No, it's VR beer pong. Drink. What? It's like what do you? It's I mean, like you can. You have one dude. No, you have one dude who's like, I don't want, I don't want to play beer pong, guy. And then he's the one who hands you an actual drink. No, 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 no. You, you just drink. tip your head back, and he pours it in your mouth. And he pours it in. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, the next game is called A Date in the Park. Is this a hidden object game too? It's a free game. It's a point and click. Nobody got my joke. It's okay. It's okay. We did. We just chose to Sorry, I'm mesmerizing this. <laughs> the art game. style of this is very odd. It's like it's like they took real photos and then just pixelated all of them. Uh that is very common <laughs> in visual novels specifically. Here's, oh, is it? Oh, I was not aware of that. The game when you click on it on Steam, it literally is like, "Hey, here's an age gate." So what goes on in this game? Cuz oh, all shit. the images are like happy dude in park. A date in the bushes, more like. <laughs> what is this game about? Uh, I brought the hot dogs to the picnic. Oh dear, it's a nineties digit. Yes, digitized is what it is. Uh, that's the term for the graphic style. Yeah, about uh, it's short and weird and free. Whatever it is. Great. The next game is called The Afterglow of Grisea. <laughs> really? Um, also a sex game. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yep, it's it's a visual novel. It's an anime booby game by the looks of it. Afterglow gave it away. Yeah, yeah I think quite. that was the keyword. Uh huh. The next game is called Francisca. Today, my parents went to Mexico for a week, and I'm going to have to spend seven days alone in our new house. So, horror game? Uh, gone home too. Uh, stayed home. <laughs> stayed home. <laughs> Explore the house, and then at the end of it, the whole uh, trick is that actually you, you, you knew your parents died in a plane anyway. crash on the way back, and you're yeah. really alone uh, Yes, I, I don't. It look it's sort of an exploration. I assume there's probably a horror element to it of some sort. The entire game seems to be just walking around with your iPad staring at it 
for whatever ah, reason. Ah, Pokemon Go. Yes. Oh, my that. kids. Ah, got it. <laughs> yep. Uh, fuck House of Snark. We're not talking about that. That keeps popping up week after week. Yeah. Next. The next one is Zombie Night Terror, which I think was also on the list last week. I believe it was. Yeah, it looks like it's actually coming out. Now, this did, this did look potentially quite good. Um, okay. By the looks of it. Uh, the next one is called Brain Bread 2. Yep. I remember Brain Bread for some reason. Why do I... Was that a mod for something? I don't know. I think it was. Um, zombie FPS mixed with RPG and arcade elements. Yeah, that sounds new. Oh, um, procedure but... was generated in roguelike, and we got the whole, like, full house. It does not have any of those things. <laughs> But I, I'm sure Brain Bread used to be a Half-Life mod. I'm almost certain that it was. Hmm. Mm. All right. Next. Okay. Moving on to July 21st, we have the Bad Rats Show. Oh, fuck you. Next. Next is Blue Solar Chaos War. It is a roguelike, of course it is, sci-fi space adventure. Become trader, pirate, adventurer, more. Randomly generated universe. Invest in economies, like all the other games like this. Um, although this one does not look too shabby. Yeah, it looks like you, you can build up a fleet and do little roguelike battles and stuff like that. So yeah. Next. Next is The Land of Eos, which uh, is a side-scrolling platformer. Um, yeah game after that is shattered skies oh isn't that a terrible game by the guys behind uh war z maybe pretty sure that's ex yep that's pretty sure that's what it was yep and they looks like they re-released it to get rid of all of their bad reviews again like they always do wow this seems this seems like a thing that happens <laughs> this is the thing that happens a lot with them yeah mm. they change the name of their company they do all sorts of shit next Next is the digital version of Super Fight. It is the digital version yes. of Super Fight. Yeah, which I'm kind of looking forward to. It's got built-in yeah. webcam support and uh, Twitch integration, awesome. all sorts of things. So it actually looks like it's it neat. Will hopefully be a really good time. Next, uh, next is Demon Hunter Two: New Chapter. New chapter. Hidden objects and puzzles. It's a hidden object uh, game. Next, next is called Airship Asunder. I mean, I don't think you'd want your airship to be asunder, really. That seems like a bad place for an airship to be. And, and if that's the name of your airship, perhaps we think... Previously. Yeah, that's like uh, naming a boat sank. You know, it's not <laughs> ideal. Um, it, I mean, it looks like a nice idea, but it also looks like it was released on the NES. So it uh, definitely does not look particularly attractive on the screenshots. Next. Next is called Go Mission Space Travel. It's, uh, it's a bullet hell... Top okay. down shooter. Yep, next. Uh, next is Extravaganza Rising. It is a RPG maker game. Next. Next is called Red Rope. Don't fall behind. Red Rope. Don't fall behind. An allegorical local co-op game. Can yep. that looks like it was made in RPG maker? But <laughs> can, can like, I just... Are they talking about an umbilical cord? Uh, no, not not umbilical. An allegorical local co-op game. <laughs> yeah, but is that what? But if it's an allegory, is 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 it an is allegory for Red Rope? Don't fall behind. It could be. Although I actually want to push, I think, any developer that uses the word allegorical in their description for a video game down a well, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Next up is called Dream Break. It's a Dream point -click. Break. 
Dream Break. Yep, it's point and click. Uh, also, something that's not on the list for July 21st, the official release of Starbound, I believe, is mm. coming out of early access finally. Mm-hmm. So, finally. I actually haven't touched that game since initial beta, so I'll see. I would love to see how it's actually advanced. Hopefully, it's good now. On July 22nd, we have Defend Your Crypt. Defend Your Crypt. There's a demo for this. Strategy and puzzle game. You have to avoid losing your treasure to tomb thieves as an Egyptian pharaoh. As to how you actually do that, I couldn't tell you. I think, yeah, you have to set various traps, I think, in order to do that by the looks of it. Uh, the next game is One Moment of Time Silentville, which uh, reminds me of... Oh, shoot. What was that, like, heavy metal point-and-click? Oh. Uh, the, uh, the box in your Tormentum. room. Tormentum. Tormentum. I have a box. I have a box version of it over here, so I went to go look. The UI yeah. reminds awesome. me a bit of Tormentum. Yeah, it looks like, like a hidden object slash point-and-click adventure game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game after that is called Lord Mayor. Lord Mayor. A strategy game where you build cities, solve puzzles, and create an empire. I mean, all of those sound like great things. As to how you do any of them, it doesn't tell you. But they're procedurally generated levels, so I'm sure those will be great. Next. Next is called Moribund. Four-player local co-op multiplayer destruction. (laughs) Great. Yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic four-player kind of arena. It looks like Duck Game or like <laughs> Towerfall or like Samurai Gun. Kind of looks like those things. I like those yeah, games. Yeah. So. Good. It next. does indeed. The next game is called Geofall. Geofall. Action-packed room-scale game in which you collect and sort orbs to get the highest score possible. It's a VR game, basically. Next is called Death Road to Canada. <laughs> like the most horrible I... zombie game I've ever seen. Oh, hey, welcome to welcome to Canada. Oh, I love day. that. It literally says control a car full of jerks as they explore cities, recruit weird people, rescue dogs, and argue with each other. Perfect. I've I heard of this a while ago. I'm not sure. It's by Rocket Cat. I thought they developed something else, but they don't seem to have anything on Steam. Uh, yeah. So this actually might not be too bad. The art style looks pretty cool. Interesting. Um, Next is called Swordy. 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 That is a local party brawler with a tendency to cause chaos. Master the weapons of war using momentum and timing to fight for your life. Looks a little gang beasts. Okay. And a little power stone. Oh god, yeah, it, it's very gang beasts. It's sort of gang beasts cost with sort of quop like you're sort of flailing oh. your arms around with your weapons and stuff it actually gotcha. looks like it could be a shitload of fun <laughs> all right cool good to know <clears throat> next up is world of undead let me guess it's an early access zombie survival game world of undead it is an action-packed first person shooter with tower defense mechanics actually so okay. it's a stand in place and shoot zombies with turrets game by the looks of it Next up is called Ghost Sweeper. It's a kind of unremarkable looking side scrolling. Yes, it's like retro inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get 20 of those a week. Next. Next is called Dragon Rage. Oh, you get to play as a dragon. Fast paced destruction, tear the shit out of a mountaintop village as the king sends you his royal army to try and stop you and protect the kingdom. The more vi- villagers you devour, the stronger you get. Basically, it's a Trogdor simulator by the looks of it. 
Terminating the peasants. Yeah. You guys ever play the Trog Door game? Yes. I wasn't even aware there was a Trog Door game. Yeah, man. Yeah, this looks metal as fuck. I want to play it. Next. Next game is called Crystal Cosmos. Crystal Cosmos. It looks like a side scrolling bullet hell. Yeah, it's got color based. Yeah, for whatever reason. Um, the game after that is called Eight Days. Eight Days, as one word, for whatever reason. Dual stick shooter, you play as a mercenary for God Inc. Gold, oil, and diamonds. Uh, you play as, yeah, it's sort of a top-down Robotron-esque looking game. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I'm... Dear, dear, dear developers, no. The name? Better no. names. No. You can come mm -hmm. up with something better than that, I'm sure. God Inc. Yeah. Next. Have you accepted our game next, as your personal lord and savior? This no. next game is called Human Fall Flat. It literally looks like single-person gang beasts. Yeah, uh, open-ended physics-based puzzle and exploration game. So yeah, it's like, oh, well, I got wiggly limbs. Ooh, uh, I can yeah. pick things up. Yeah. That's that's basically it. Yeah. Next up is called Asricore. You see, if they had moved one of those letters, it would be Asscorp, which I think would be wonderful. Damn. Your company's discovered a machine that can transport people to different worlds and nightmares. As the newly appointed scientist, you must discover the reason the machine can take you to such places even exists. Half-Life? Uh, kinda. <laughs> Explore new places and people's nightmares. Collect weapons and other equipment to study. What you actually do in this game, I couldn't tell you. Jesse, if I go inside your head, what weapons will I find? Uh, that giant purple dildo bat from Saints Row. That is likely. <laughs> Sold. Sold. I'm taking a trip to your brain. I wouldn't oh, recommend no. it. Next. This next game looks like a game that I think oh. we all wind up spending time on. It's called Sweatshop, where you run a sweatshop. Yeah, it's an incremental shop. game, as in a game that requires nothing but kind of clicking. So yeah, they, they basically made Adventure Capitalist, but the true version, by yeah. the looks of it. Uh, next up is called Sequare. S-E-K-W-E-R-E. -E -E. A puzzle game that looks so confusing to me as a dum-dum that I don't know what it is. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what kind of puzzle yeah. this is. It's one of those uber clean UI abstract puzzle games that I feel far too stupid to even look at, much less play. I can't find the next game. The next game is an app. I had to look this up because I was like, what okay. is Trump? I was like, it's what is Trump? Trump it's a fucking, but is this a game where app? you hit Trump with a baseball bat? <laughs> And when you beat ah. him open, the candy comes out. And in the background, it has borderline offensive Mexican, like, mariachi music and Trump speeches. So that is a game that you can get. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, the next game, in all caps, is LOKA. L-O-K-A. League of Loco. Leaguers no. of Keepers uh, Alassium. Sure. Uh, sure. sure. Uh, League, of what? League of... What the fuck? I don't know. Okay. What words can we fit into this acronym? Do these words sound cool? Loka is also the name of a Japanese rock band. A Not a single thing in this description makes any damn sense. Well, please read it. Uh, it would take me a while, but it, it's basically a bunch of nonsense. And I'm not, I don't even... It's like, the game begins in a small hangar. You are an ordinary mercenary in the arsenal, which only has a simple shotgun. He took the part in small operations to earn money first. After each battle, you'll be required to make... And re this is in English! It barely is English. Like, I I'm going to make the assumption this is probably a Korean game. Uh, just based on how it looks. I am from future. 
from yeah, the future. I I have this game for you. I I don't even know what the fuck this is, and the description does not help. Next, next is Zombie City Defense Two. Ugh. Everybody, look it up. I wonder what it could be. It I wonder what it could so be. Is it it's, is it a tar defense game? Is it? You know what's actually sad is it like the aesthetically this game looks gorgeous. Um, it's it's actually not what we thought. I believe. Oh no, it is. Uh, it's tower defense. Yes, it's tower defense. Uh, it just almost didn't look like one for a second. But it yeah, actually yeah. does not look too bad, despite the terrible name. It looks like it might actually have legs. So <laughs> until you shoot them off. Yeah, it's ah! it's also VR, incidentally, because you know VR tower defense. How that would be helpful, I don't know. But uh, the only one I can think of that that's actually good is uh, oh shoot, uh, the really good tower defense game. Okay, defense grid. That's it. That's the one. Defense grid is awesome. Okay, Kingdom Rush is fantastic. No, Defense Grid 2 in VR is actually pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's do the last uh, ones for July 23rd and then end it because I can't be fucked with any more of this. Okay, <laughs> on July 23rd, we have Puzzle Blocks. It's a virtual reality 3D Japanese nonogram puzzle game. Next. Right, and the last one is the Away Team. I hope this is as cool as it sounds. I bet it's not. Ooh, it might be. Uh, the interactive sci-fi adventure novel, you are an AI pilot of Earth's last interstellar ship. Uh, tasked with finding home for your crew, the last remnants, your choices will determine their fate in your own. Uh, oh, the art style of this is gorgeous. It's a nice little sort of uh, cool pixel art style. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's sort of oh, like... Um, it's a bit like uh, sort of a roguelike, but also with like uh, visual novel and uh, choose-your-own-adventure elements. And you send people down to planets to do things. Um, also, you can eat your crew. Uh, which Wait, aren't you an AI pilot? Yeah, this is this is what I'm not 100 percent sure on. I wonder if you get to fuel your ship the with mangler. the machine of death, right there. Cannibalism may be the only option. This game actually looks pretty neat. Uh, it's sort of like a whole survive lost in space sort of thing, where you got to choose your outcomes and send down the right people to do the right thing. I actually might play this. This looks pretty neat. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap that up then, because uh, good lord. We've been talking about releases for way too long, and most of those suck, as they <laughs> always do. But never mind. I've reached the end of the commercial podcast. Thank you very much for watching, but we would love to tell you where to find our stuff. So, Mr. Mike Futter, you're right for an actual real website. Where can we find it? What have you got coming on down the pipeline? Uh, GameInformer.com on Twitter as Futterish, F-U-T-T-E-R-I-S-H. Uh, getting home and writing more news and actually uh, tracking this whole FTC disclosure gambling thing oh yes is... let's find out how many more youtubers own gambling sites that would be lovely wouldn't it i don't and i'm pissed i'd be a millionaire <laughs> <laughs> you probably do a better job hiding it too these idiots have no idea what they're doing i'd be a millionaire yeah so news and in jail and, I, and i'd be in jail so jesse what's going on in your channel this week what's going on Yo, uh, we are more Life is Strange is coming with Dodger and I playing that, yeah. that lovely game, and we had an emotional breakdown, so get ready to get emotional up in that shit. And uh, streaming, uh, we're probably going to do I'm Setsuna this, uh, for the rest of the time that I'm in town, and then I leave Saturday for CoxCon, so I'll be in London the next time you see me on this podcast. I'll be like, hey nerds, I'm in London. So that'll be a thing. That's how it's and going to be. See you guys. Georgia, what's coming up on your channel this week? Um, guys, I I filmed a comedy sketch. 
So teaching how? myself You're how to funny. edit that. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm editing something that I've never tried to edit before. I'm very excited about it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, tomorrow is going to be my 12-hour stream. If you're hanging out from 12 to midnight Pacific time, I'd love it if you would come and hang out. And yeah, I don't know. I do dumb stuff. Come chill. That's it. Uh, for me, there's not going to be much rest of the week. or Kima tomorrow, that's going to suck, but I'm going to sit down and listen to audiobooks for a couple of days. After that, once uh, we're back up, uh, Inside video is definitely coming probably sometime next week once I finish the thing. EDF video most likely coming as well because that's great. Uh, strong possibility of maybe doing some co-op with the Cox as to whether or not we actually record that. That's a different matter, but I'm thinking EDF co-op might be the way to go. Outside of that, I will also, of course, be going to CoxCon. Uh, when am I leaving? Next Wednesday, I believe. I'm flying out to England for that. And I'll actually be in England for a couple of weeks. So I will not be making much content other than co-optional and the stuff at, uh, at CoxCon then. I'm going to actually have a little bit of a holiday, which I think will be quite nice. So yeah, that's what's going to be happening. But there is one more thing I would really like you guys to watch. Because on Sunday, we have the first installment of Shoutcraft Kings which is our $5,000 Blizzard-sponsored King of the Hill tournament for StarCraft II. We just announced uh, the, the latest player for that, which is Innovation, who is, like, one of the best people in the world at this fucking game. We've got a lot of great Korean and foreign players coming in from all over the world to play it. It's going to be great. $250 a map, best of one. You lose and you're out for good. It's going to be an awesome event. Lots of surprise invites. Basically, it's going to be the Royal Rumble of StarCraft. That's what we're building it as. It's going to be awesome, and the first installment will be on Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All the other times you can find over on Team Liquid, which is where the thread and the calendar is for that tournament, and it'll be streamed on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit, and the VODs will be hosted on youtube.com slash TotalBiscuit, which is my second channel, which is basically dedicated to nothing but StarCraft 2. So please do tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun, no doubt, and I think that is going to be about Will it, will it be it. a Slobberknocker TV? It'll be a Slobberknocker. By God, is broken in half. Will like Jerry it. the King Lawler and Jim Ross be there? I too? fucking wish. That, that, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that would be great. I, I mean, at some point, I might just, oh, just shout out Stone Cold, Stone Cold over and over again for no good reason at all, even though it has nothing to do with what's going on screen. That's uh, yeah, should be good. Thank you very much for watching, folks. This has been the Corruptional Podcast. Big thanks to our sponsor today, audible.com slash cynical. Go there for your free 30-day trial. Go get some audiobooks, you uncultured swine. We know you're too lazy to read. Goodbye. Bye.